listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Katz. We're back on air, and it's not a Monday. It isn't. It's it is not a, not a Sunday. It no. is And we're Wednesday. like at the end of an exhaustive uh, string of busyness. Dude, tell me about it. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it's amazing to be here again on the Cannabis Agenda, and I hope we uh, continue to do good shows for everyone. And uh, I think we got some information. Wait, well, you know what? How you been? Mr. Uh, Pot Green. I've been good. I've been all right, man. I've been all right. I got way too drunk the other night. Way too drunk. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. Alcohol. Yeah, like I, I had like a forty-eight hour hangover and shit. Wasn't good. Um. Yeah, it was the booze, dude. It was the booze. I promised I'd never do it again. What happened? <laughs> the demon. That's why they call it the demon alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> That's what Ozzy Osbourne calls it. Anyway, I rarely get so drunk that I don't remember things, dude. Rarely, and uh, yeah, it uh, it happened. Oops. Sorry, Jamie. I know that disappoints you. I know that's a big letdown for you. <laughs> no, I just don't envy your headache. Did you have a headache, a hangover, really bad? You said. I just I didn't really uh, have a headache, dude. I just had like the body you know sores and was like way slow really slow kind of like the slow they say that stoners are supposed to have although i really don't ever notice that you know because i'm not right. so sure that totally true i remember but, back uh, when i was younger and i and i partied a little bit and i partied too hard and i felt like shit i had a hangover it was just awful i mean god awful and remembering back to that <laughs> i'm thinking in my current state i don't i don't know if i could survive a, a full-on hangover these days it's just Ugh. Well, no, you have way too much stuff going on, dude. You'd have to go places and just like, yeah, you're right. That's true. That's you true. Know? Well, I don't I mean, know if I, I don't know if I don't drink because I'm busy or I'm so busy because I don't drink. I'm not sure which one it is, but I'm certainly busy. Gotcha. That's that's for sure. That's well, for sure. I, I mean, I just look. You know, I, I can't. I know it makes me feel terrible um, when I drink too much. When I when I drink in moderation, like one to three drinks maybe even four. Um, it's not a big deal for me, but when I start going like towards the 10 mark, oops, ouch, not a good night. Definitely not good nights. And then not good days afterwards either. And, and, and what it always makes me think about is I watch people, I know people that drink heavily like that very often. And I don't understand how people get used to it. Like, I mean, cause I don't, you know, and, um, it's it, it just it's tough on the body, dude. Weed is never anywhere ever near as tough on the body, no matter how much you smoke. Oh. It's never like that. No. Um, Alcohol, never brutal no. on your body. Brutal. I overdid it's it so big bad. Time. You know it when you get when you slightly poisoned yourself with it. You know. Um, I mean, cause I didn't get so drunk that I like threw up or anything. At least if I did, I, I guess I would. I, I don't remember. You might have felt but, better if you had. 
Maybe, but I mean, even still, I didn't get so sick that I ever wanted to while I was drinking that night, but, um, I still feel like I poisoned myself with alcohol, which is kind of yeah. what you're doing, right? I oh, mean, yeah. that's the, it's freaking, it's it is effing toxic. poison. It is toxic hey, man, to your body. That reminds me, I'm, uh, I'm trying to clean up my lifestyle in a sense. Oh um, yeah. I, I, yes. Yeah. Well, you, you know, my environments, you know, the environment that I'm, I'm like deeply no embedded in and uh, <laughs> it just, uh, it, some language is just inappropriate. And I'm, I'm really from the school of, you know, F it. It's just a F in word, you know, but um, since I hang around with you guys, you're bad influences on me. And now I've been dropping F bombs <laughs> relative with, with relative frequency in some places Uh-oh. where it's a little sketchy and I haven't done anything wrong or misstepped yet, but I'm, I'm always aware going, Oh shit, I'm going to blow it sooner or later. <laughs> so I had this great idea I concocted and I'm it's, it, I have engaged in this like two days ago and uh, I'm changing all my F bombs to literally saying F instead of the F word. What the so, F? So like what the F or oh, F it or F you dude, or I'm effing sick of this. I don't That's say what I do that. on Facebook. I spell effin out. Yeah. E F F I N. E F F I N is F is the F it's mother effin. E F cool. So that's my F-N. so that's my like self tweaking adjustment that I'm trying to make here. <laughs> Hopefully with a success before I'm in a boardroom going, fucking hey, you know, fucking yeah, man. F and yeah. Well I'm I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not well, gonna see, join F you on that ridiculous. mission. Effin, effin all, sounds ridiculous to me. It just, it's just, it's like a big giant green toe or something. It just, it's stupid and it bothers, it irritates me. So I know that I'll just, I'm committed to doing that. So the longer I go F this or F, I'll just discard the whole thing and I won't even, that's my plan. It's my strategy though. So, I mean, it's a little more complicated than it seemed at first, but it's pretty, I think it's going to work. I think it's going to work. It's boding well for me so far. I've only F'd it like about <laughs> 10 times in the last I don't know, two and a half days. So I hope it effing works, dude. Best of luck. <laughs> F and A, dude. <laughs> yeah, I hope it does too. It will. It's just a little thing. But you know, it's cool. You can you can uh you can make changes in yourself. I think everybody always should do that. Have you ever done that? Have you ever saw thought, you know, maybe I I don't know, lie or stretch the truth too much, or maybe I elaborate on things and exaggerate a lot of stuff and or maybe I don't clean up enough or tidy or stay organized enough or you know, whatever. Every I mean, day. I never you just go, I'm gonna try to improve myself, dude. It's just not. No, nah, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> and you look at it objectively go, I'm going to change that and then just do it and then incorporate it and keep rolling. That, so that's, that's what I should have been doing like the last 15 years or so. Damn. That's what I did. Well, you yeah. probably learned it. I had to start from scratch, man. So I had to make everything work. <laughs> right. I was, was everything all- broken at one point. No, I was just like, you know, like people like there. Well, I don't know if they still do that, but I know they did in like decades past for the longest time. It was just so cool to be like wild and crazy. And they'd say they were, remember, you ever heard the phrase? He has a wild hair. Yeah. He grew a wild hair in his ass or something. I don't know what some yeah. silly stuff. That's a well, I had like thing. a ponytail swinging out of my ass in that case. <laughs> I was I was everybody's trying to act like this. And there's so many posing people like trying to pose like that. And I'm like just naturally like that. And it was, it's just, that's why I'm in such a great mood in part, in, in large part these days, like all, like almost perpetually. It's because I'm just, I'm perpetually elated and amazed in the overwhelming, po- overwhelmingly positive way that I'm actually here. I survived 
<laughs> my like first childhood and then adolescence. Oh my gosh. And then young adulthood was just off the, yeah, it was, it was nuts. You made I it. The, I feel the same. It. <laughs> it's like it really every single day. It's like a victory. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> I'm coherent. I got the ding. I got the ding. I'm a functional stoner. <laughs> <Ding. This> is... <laughs> oh, yeah. You do get the ding. Ding. <laughs> ding. I got some issues coming up with that later in the show. Functional right. stonering? Yeah, people, you know, the whole stereotypical stoners, all you want to do is smoke weed and sit around and watch movies for a long time and eat lots of food. Yeah, you know, that's all you ever want to do when you smoke pot is watch. I haven't even heard that yeah. argument lately. Yeah, That's like what an A-track. What about the net, man? What about, <laughs> what about a guitar? Come on, something. People do all sorts of. I, I don't know. I just the stereotypes have been bothering me a little bit lately. Always. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah but right, we kind of we kind here. I'll just get into it for a second. We kind of started it ourselves because we wanted to prove to everyone that it was harmless things. So we're like, dude, all it wants you to do, all it makes you do, is sit around the couch and be mellow, watch TV, uh, eat lots of food. You know, it's all good. Yeah, that was an argument. That was a primary argument for a long time. There, I think you know, a couple it, decades back, it was. <laughs> we kind of uh-huh. did it to ourselves, you know. And um, they're like, it makes you hostile and crazy and felonious and nuts and dangerous. <laughs> and we're like, no, man, it makes you it makes you really dig the quality of a true beanbag, man. Have you ever really <laughs> sunk into one of those things? Dude, they're amazing. We're not we were, dangerous. We were yeah. we were basically like trying to prove to corporate America, hey, we'll sit around and watch commercials. Come on, let us smoke as right. much weed as we can. Right. You know? Now we got people coming out of the woodwork, man. Uh, business dress business professional with a serious look on their face and and speaking intelligently with like asserted assertedly in an intelligent manner about facts and they're like now that's facts? now that's that's dangerous they're like that's dangerous James seriously seriously yeah. this guy uses marijuana oh my gosh I didn't ever know I thought I thought they weren't capable of doing these other things while stoned God. yeah. Crazy, yep. isn't it? Insane. Yep. Functional stoners everywhere. You're just like ding, 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 <laughs> ding. You can just, you know, you can just do it all the time. Because we're gonna keep all... them. We're gonna keep, I have an idea too. If if it's okay with you guys, let's just clear this really quick right here, right on the show. I I propose that we backdate these functional stoners, and uh, you know, not make a huge effort out of it. But as we go along. We can also induct those guys because we've we've covered a lot of very functional stoners since we started yeah. the show. So you're saying we can go back like a little bit every once in a while and just start a list, and then eventually, once well, we get all, all the way back, just once we get one. all the way back, we'll do a hey, we want to do our functional stoners. <laughs> Heck yeah! Like here's our segment. <laughs> like functional stoners in honorarium. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're backdating to earlier shows where we mentioned them before we came up with the honorary with the with the uh the ding with the format, you know. So hey, Jay Jay Self Hoffner's a functional stoner, isn't he? He's sure about is. as functional as he gets for a stoner, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we are we done with our welcome? Uh, uh, I think yeah. so. We got. We, we should let our listeners know how to get a hold of us. They can get uh, do our website at Cannabis oh. Agenda. Our email, no. please, please email or call us because we'd love to hear from you at info at cannabisagenda.com 
or mm-hmm. 707-654-CAN, C-A-N-N. We're also on Twitter uh, and Facebook and iTunes. Subscribe to iTunes and you can check us out every week. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. that, that, that was a good awesome. segue, though. I'd, <laughs> I kind of ruined the segue. <laughs> Um, good. Yeah, no, good. Just, you can just interrupt anytime you ever want with that information. Just anytime. Anytime, dude. Just like spontaneously. Damn. Yeah. Anytime you want, man. Whenever you're feeling it. I've started doing it a little bit every we, once in a while. We should have a kind recording of, of that or something, you know, like the the contact jingle or whatever. The contact cool. jingle? Hey, <laughs> I'm gonna work on that. I'm gonna work on that. I think I can get or I go to a university right now that's just packed solid with hotties everywhere. I know I can find a voice. And uh maybe we can have oh, a pretty girl. a female. Yeah. There yeah, you go. That'd be a nice idea. Let's do yeah. that. Uh, we need female personalities on the show. Emailers, callers. Come on, where are you? Where are the ladies at? It'd be nice to hear for some hear from some female activists out there that have been listening sure. to the show. I, I, know, I, bet I bet there's some in Wisconsin. Oh yeah, there absolutely. There's a lot of them, and, and uh, they're they're priceless. They're prizes for this movement. I think they might. Personally, I really believe that uh, the the female population involved in this movement might be the difference that sh- makes a huge, profound shift in the way things are going. I mean, when a mom, a successful person, and it's a mom comes out and, you know, she's taking care of her life properly. And she says on camera, you know, we're mothers against prohibition. <laughs> That's pretty serious. That's pretty hard to, like strike those guys down. I mean, I don't have anything against tattoos or piercings or any, anything like that at all whatsoever. But if you get somebody that's just completely covered with tats and they got like this rock and roll clothing on, they're going, yeah, dude, it just doesn't bring the credibility. You know what I'm talking about with the mainstream, mm-hmm. uh, with the in-betweens, the undecided, like the independent, you know, people and the, the prohibitionist mindset, which that's almost a lost cause. I understand, but yeah. So that's what, I don't know. What do you think? Do you still rock the earrings? Oh, I still have earrings. Yeah, I do, actually. You know, yeah. I didn't. I kind of didn't. It just kind of faded away. I don't know what it was. But uh, for, for, for a long time. But then I was, I started uh, at a, I, I started college at a, at a community school on purpose. I really wanted to go. It's a fantastic one, by the way. And uh, I went there and I had a great, a great time there. But I got elected to be the, the student trustee for the college. And it's like 13,000 people, man. And they're like all really young. And I'm not. <laughs> and I'm thinking, woo, it, the, the dean's secretary had a word with me. And she says, do you think, because I dressed in a suit and tie all the time. They said, do you think that's going to intimidate your constituency? And I thought, hmm, I just have something to make balance. And this girl walked by me with like shredded jeans. They were just, they had so many holes. She was almost naked. And I was like, I'm not doing that. And I looked at a couple other trends going by and I saw somebody with an earring. I thought, that's really simple, man. I can, I'll get an earring. And it ended up morphing into like two earrings, you know? And then I just, I got, I finished my tenure and everything went well. And I just went to take it out. I thought, I kind of like it. I don't care. I'm going to keep it in there. So I don't know. I think it's good for, I don't know, me. It's a choice. Simple. It's arbitrary. That's what it is. Well, your constituents are, are mostly college age people too, right? You know what? I was uh, marginally, just slightly, a little bit concerned about that part. But my professors, everybody seems to take me really seriously. You know, I get decent marks and I get respect from the, my colleagues and the administrative people I work with. So I don't know. It's all good for me. I'm not going to change it. If it ain't broke, it doesn't appear to be broke. So if I can't tell it's broke, then I'm not going to fix it. 
Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think it's I think the earrings are pretty uh pretty normal nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for the most part, you know, unless I I mean especially if they're just like regular piercings if they're pl- if they're bigger bigger real real huge plugs they're you know, I mean my sister when I pierced my ears she's like, "Did you get those plug things?" and I'm like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Oh, they're so weird." And um she's pretty open-minded really so you know you're totally right but it man it sucks that that's the way the world is like you self yeah you have a little self-expression potentially and that brings back your uh credibility lame yeah. lame Tattoo. with tattoos yeah. too people are real yeah. objectionable to tattoos yeah dude i totally know how it is man i i grew up with really long hair like really long past my ass type hair and and uh it looked presentable I, I took really good care of it it wasn't like all scuzzy and stuff but i uh man i never it was perpetual ridicule just based on that arbitrary thing and i could have cut it off it wasn't like deer and you know like like my power was invested in it or something i could have cut it off without any problem just on a on a whim but the fact that i was perpetually barraged with this ridiculous attitude i said i kind of said f them i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna grow it past my ass i did too it was like really long i was like how do you like that <laughs> i think it was you know it's the younger years but uh it was just it's ridiculous man my mom loves me to death and she used to tell me how much i'm so proud of you honey i love you so much but i wish she'd always tack onto it but i i wish you would cut that hair <laughs> and i'm like oh man <laughs> you put your honest like candid feelings <laughs> coupled with cut your hair oh man oh yeah that's horrifying yeah. i, I can I, my mom's the same way dude I, I, there's nothing better and there's nothing better than a good tattoo to just just really <laughs> like show them like <laughs> independence there you go mom what do you think of that yeah. you like that tattoo except i don't have any so i'm not saying but, uh, you know <laughs> like that that's the way my sister did it she came home see so she gives me a hard time about my earrings but she's got tattoos and I, I don't know i mean like i don't know like you're saying matt people people are way not you know people that are into tattoos are into tattoos and a lot of those that aren't think they're the worst thing in the world they think about people they're like well i don't like i heard i heard my mom say it one time because uh my sister was dating um a guy that had a bunch of tattoos and she's like i just don't know about those those guys that like to tattoo themselves (laughs) so much what does that say about them you know and i'm just like um i I don't they like art I don't know. They had extra money to spend. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it says, Mom. Lonely, <laughs> and at least then they get to sit with someone that they really like for, you know, many, many hours. I don't know. Ask them. It's got to be different for everybody. So Yeah, sure it is, know. man. Some really bad scumbag people have tattoos, you know. But the, the problem that we're missing is that uh, probably just as many, for all I know, uh, really great, you know, worthy um, honorable people have tattoos too. <laughs> you know why they both have them? Because they decided that they were going to get them. You know, some of them might have made a poor choice, but most of them, uh, you know, hopefully thought it through and made their own decision regarding their own body. I don't think it's that dissimilar from the the stigma and and the demonization that they're that, that drug users get. You know, and, and cannabis users in spe- you know, specifically, it's they have to deal with that crap all the time. 
It's nonsense and we're tired of it, you know, but at the same time, we have a responsibility to go, hey, look, you know, we're really tired of putting up with this and, and we're, we're actually, we should dinger, bring our little dingers and all the functional people can ding their little dingers <laughs> and tell them, you know, we're functional people. Let's move on from this. We don't, we don't deserve to tolerate this crap. Let's uh, start looking at what matters and looking at, you know, who, who people are and what they're about, which, uh. Yeah, it brings that brings us back to what we were talking about before we kind of said functional stoners, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and and more so additionally even uh Jay Selhoff. Yeah, exactly. Well so, we got something going on for Jay still, don't we? Yeah. Oh, I, but Matt keeps moving him around on the page here. <laughs> He's trying to get our attention. He's trying to say, Hey, Jay, guys, Jay, Jay. Jay. It must have worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think most of our listeners probably know about Jay Selthoffner because we talk about him a lot. Um, right. Is it Selt? Or Deservedly is it so. Is it T or F in the middle of his name, Jamie? Selt or Self? It's a, it's T, and, and, and it's a hard T. It's Selt. Selthoffner. Hoffner. Yes. Hoffner. Oh, okay. That okay. is correct. And right. he is running for the 41st District uh, Assembly. Um, General Assembly from the 41st, 41st District, rather, um, of Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. And uh, we've had with, him on the with, show. With of, our uh, unanimous support, I might add. So. Yeah, damn straight. <laughs> um, and uh, we need to get him back on. We'd like to have him back on uh, to talk about how his campaign is going, because um, it's only a couple weeks off till the election. Yeah. It's only a yeah. few weeks till the election, guys. Isn't that crazy? Uh, it's crazy, man. The energy must just be zooming in there over there. It's it's like that everywhere. It's just I mean, it's wow. more, more than a few, but it's like six weeks away now. It's crazy. Yeah. And w- w- wait, what is six weeks away? The, the election, the, the, man. The election, the November election. Gosh, it's only six coming, weeks. Isn't that amazing? Well, coming down fast November, on it, October. Oh my gosh, it's the beginning. It's, it's only almost November. <laughs> wait a minute, it's only September. Come on. I know, give a guy a break. Huh? That means Prop 19. Oh, there's all sorts of stuff happening. Big stuff there happening. There is. Yeah. There is. Anyway, uh, Jay, Jay is running for election, and um, we are asking uh, any of our listeners out there who, uh, who care to participate um, and can afford a nominal donation, donation of at least $4.20 to, um, to go to his website at jselthoffner.com, uh, or you can find a link from the cannabisagenda.com site, uh, cannabisagenda.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we're trying to get people to donate to his campaign. Do it. Four dollars and twenty cents. Yeah. Help yeah. elect uh help elect someone with a cannabis agenda. That'd be awesome. A true Let's cannabis see. agenda. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Let's all see. aspects. It's med- medicinal, um, hedonistic or recreational if you prefer. Um, and uh industrial as well, which I think is may is easily as important as any other aspect of of, of hemp. Uh, legalization is is the industrial hemp is such a huge and potentially beneficial crop for us to grow and we're like the only country left that's not growing it it's just it's ridiculous crazy. we got some on of the its best face. soil in the world and you know why because we don't have we didn't have uh, a, a wealth of very intelligent motivated individuals like Jay Selthoffner is by the way because we've all spoken with him and we know him enough to know that and uh, and now we do and now we do Morgan Fox and David Borden from DRCNet, and we've got them all over the place. And people like Mark Emery, who we'll speak by uh, not so cheerily about later on in the show a little bit. And uh, I mean, there's people from all walks of life that are doing that. Even that Richard Lee character that's uh, consistently been in the news lately. He's uh, stirring up a 
a huge storm in California right now, isn't he? Sure. Yeah. He's uh, a bit, yeah. I mean, in Oak, you know, in Oakland and then, uh, um, you know, California politics. I mean, he helped get this, the prop prop 19 on the ballot and, uh, funded a lot of that and is a big hmm. part of Oaksterdam and the dispensary scene down in Oakland and also the large yeah. grow up scene down there. Yeah. We'll share, we'll share some information about that in a, in just a bit um, as yeah. well. Yeah. We while we're talking about to... Jay, hey man, while we're talking about Jay, I want to uh-huh. say you know what I think is really cool about what Jay's doing, and is, is I like I like the political position that he's running for. I think that people with that um, have strong cannabis agendas in areas that might be politically swinging in that direction. I think that those state legislature jobs or, or, or positions are really good spots to try and get in with this. And I, and, and mm-hmm. I am so happy that he's going for it with his, uh, his agenda and his campaign and everything. I think that that's awesome. And, and I, you know, urge other people to, uh, to, to, yeah. to, to become involved in politics with, uh, with a cannabis based agenda, you know, and, um, see where it takes you. I think that this could be, you know, this could be a a, a big deal instead of like, instead of like coming in and trying to run for U S Senate or something like that, where it's just like, people are like, what, who are you? What, you know what I mean? Like, uh, running for state legislature jobs, uh, or for positions and, um, local positions and stuff, I think, I think is, is so valuable. And, uh, absolutely. uh, I'm just so stoked that you're doing it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I certainly agree with that. Um, but that that's actually where most of the political um, happenings occur. You know, that's where it all starts. It's the, some people, a lot of people, I think, are falsely under the impression that, you know, it's all the Fed. That's the big power and that's where everything happens. And this little stuff is just arbitrary. It doesn't really matter. But in, in, in truth, it's, it's almost exactly the opposite, you know, to a large extent that the local politics is really where it's at, man. It makes a, a tangible, serious difference that we can affect and that we can see, you know, unlike a lot of the times when the Fed does things, <laughs> you know, and we can, ali- we can like it, we can like approve it and then like it in hindsight, which is a lot of the time <laughs> the Fed is not able to pull off either. So yeah, this is great, man. He's a, he's a American hero from my perspective. I mean, I don't want to over gloss the guy, but, uh, yeah, uh, it's not exclusive to Jay. If uh, some Cindy, whoever, or Mark, or Joe, who knows who, <laughs> comes up and they have talent and and you know they're intelligent and they can speak clearly and they're uh, diligent about you know approaching these issues, heck yeah, man, they're going to be right in the same group with Jay Selhotner. So I mean, but I don't think we're going to have too many people like that. Especially if you don't have tattoos or piercings, you just go for it. <laughs> yeah, and cut that damn hair. <laughs> when are you going to cut your hair? Cut it off. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Let us know what yeah. you guys think out there. Tell us. Send us in. Absolutely. I, I think the state legislature job is great for someone with a cannabis agenda because then you can start uh, finding uh, um, other members of the state legislature and, and actually propose legislation on uh, marijuana and hemp initiatives or, you know, um, laws and stuff. So um, I, I, just, I just think that's a super awesome position. I'm so happy he's doing it. Let us know what you guys think um, about where people should, um, you know, where it's most effective uh, what sort of offices to run for, hit us up at, on email at info at canvasagenda.com or call us 707-654-CAN, C-A-N-N. So 
normal conference happened this week. That went down. And so uh. did, so did uh, HempCon down in L.A., which is kind of like an industry right. thing. We got the Massachusetts, uh, the, the 21st annual Boston Freedom Rally is on Saturday, uh, this Saturday, the 18th, right. at, no- at noon on the Boston Common. Um, there'll be two nice. pages of music. Check them out at bostonfreedomrally.com. Have you been to Boston before? Have I? Yeah, absolutely. I've never absolutely. been to Boston. I've been to the East Coast several times. I went to uh, Boston. I've been to Philly, um, Pittsburgh, which is interesting. Um, what else? Uh, a few other places. Yep. I uh, went to New York one time with my friend. He was a chef, and he just went to pick up some chef equipment <laughs> from some other bigger chef. And uh, so we just went in. It was just this crusty old bridge, and we went to this dirty – it could have been any crappy – Ed, end of town anywhere in a big city and uh we go through this alley and then this back door and he gets his stuff and then we leave and it was just nothing i never got any experience i was in new york city i didn't have any new york city experience or the energy of it all or anything it was so but i went there and i came out and there's this heavy metal band called guar and they're these massive like bodybuilder looking dudes and they got these big foam things on that makes them look like gladiators and these big foam clubs and all this shit and we come out of this place and and he it's, this dude hits us on the head with this club he goes it scared me to death dude if i had heart problems i wouldn't be here right now cuz it 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 was it was literally heart attack inducing shock all of a sudden and we fall down and we're look, looking at him freaking and we all, our faces all both turned really white and he goes, Guar, be there. It was when CBGB's that famous uh, music uh, joint in New York city was still open and he goes, be there. And he takes off running down the alley and we were just like, wow, <laughs> I almost needed to change my pants. And that was my whole, that's my whole, <laughs> That's my biggest East Coast story I have, actually. But, man, that was crazy. <laughs> that was the moment. Dude, yeah. wow. The, the, I, uh, hope, I yeah. hope he was working for the band. <laughs> I hope so, in retrospect. <laughs> Some random Guar fan. <laughs> make it out there, dude. I need to make it back out to the East Coast. It's been a long time. Yeah. I've been thinking about it lately. Yeah, dude. And I've never been to Boston. I'd really like to, to check out Boston and see some of the history there. Yeah, I've done, man. Yeah, they I've got done a serious accent. I've done New York, Washington, D.C. Uh, oh, yeah. D.C. is awesome, isn't it? Yeah, I like D.C. I mean, to, to visit. I like I their subway. Think. It's pretty good. Dude, they're going to have dispensaries but, there soon. Yeah? Well, they're working on it. That's the word. No, I mean, that's the word. They're actually going to, it's It's like, I mean, I don't know. It seems like it's kind of happening, but uh, Things I are moving. Know. Yep. Things are moving, right? Did they, In did California, they have- it seems to be what pushes it all. I mean, I just read a story earlier. The uh, gentleman was talking about he predicts that uh, legalization would likely occur in the same order that medical uh, legislation occurred, which I, I, I think I would agree with that. Don't you think so? I mean, California is, is setting the pace. And then what? Oregon and Washington State and those surrounding states, just like it did. I think it'll probably go the same way. I don't think it'll be exactly the same. I think no, 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 be, not necessarily. I think it'll be in a, you know, like Loosely. the ones that came early will come earlier and the ones that were in sure. the middle will be in the middle and the, you know, but the order will be different. It'd be, it'd be cool if uh, Michigan said, Oh no, you don't. <laughs> we're going the we're going the full Monty. Turn it up. Well, I mean, I kind of have they a just feeling got, that they're the last state, right? 
Michigan. So that would be mm. awesome. They're the last day to get Madison. They're like, you know what? We like this so much. But they're having some they're having some trials up there. You know, they're uh, having some back and forth adjustments. I don't even know um, if that thing is on the ballot still. For to keep up what? For the Detroit, uh, they, the Detroit possession thing, yeah, yeah I can't. Yeah. I don't know either. I don't know either. Well, I'm not sure. That's huge. Um, that's very huge but Michigan, in the Midwest. Was Michigan really the last state? They were the last state to do it by vote, but not the last yeah. state. I mean, there's been other states that have done it since the last election. So, um, um, but I don't yeah, think so I think Michigan's yeah. 14, and uh, uh, the New Jersey, New Jersey. Oh yeah, New yeah, Jersey. right on. You're totally right. Patrol, right? New Jersey. They're the new the new kid on the block. And I think they didn't didn't Washington has Washington DC not passed something there? Yes. I thought that they, they did. did. They, they did, did pass right? it. Actually the voters voted for it a long time ago and they just they just stopped it and they I don't know, they put it they put the binders on it and it was just stuck and they, they went through this huge court process and all these arguments and you can imagine. <laughs> and uh it eventually they got the voters got their way and it, and it they prevailed and they they decided to implement that. I think they're working on the in, implementation uh, part of it. So yeah, good things happening. Uh, what's yeah. up with with California? I think uh, California has this uh, this proposition called Prop 19, and it's uh, yeah. to legal, it's uh, it's so that they so that weed can be legal there. Isn't that cool? Have you guys That's, heard of this yet? Anybody? And where, where is this California? It? Anyway, I want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> Proposition 19 is making some developments on September 7th. Uh, a major new front opened up in this campaign um, for, Prop, for Proposition 19, the ballot measure to tax and regulate cannabis in California. Of course, if, you're, if you don't know about that and you're listening to our show, you're either new or you haven't been paying attention, um, which both are acceptable. And welcome if you happen to be new. But uh, uh, Proposition 19 is uh, ultimately it will legalize, is this correct, up to one ounce for adults 21 and over. And also, additionally, it will be put placed into a system where it will be taxed and regulated. Is that right, guys? You got it. Bingo. Right on. Cool. Ding. Well, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, on uh, September 7th, on that day, the California beer and beverage distributors made a $10,000 contribution to a committee opposing Proposition 19. Oh, of course. Uh-huh. It doesn't Why really would beer want competition? Why? Why? In, Why? In response to this, MPP issued the following statement by Steve Fox, another functional stoner, by the way. And I don't know if these people, they have to be, they have to still smoke or they can just be, have smoked and pro smoke to be a stoner. Uh, a stoner. What do we got going on? What do we got going on here? I'm hearing well, background to, noise here. Whoa, well, whoa. to clear that up, but, but they in, don't in have response, to still smoke, dude. They don't have to still smoke. They could have right. smoked at some point because it's supposed to permanently right. damage you, man. Permanently. Right. Right. Beautiful point. Cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, the Steve Fox, the director of government relations for MPP and the co-author of the fantastic book, uh, Marijuana is Safer. So why are we driving people to drink? Um, this is their this is their statement. They said, quote, unless the beer distributors in California have suddenly developed a f- philosophical opposition to the use of intoxicating substances. The motivation behind this contribution is clear, Fox said. Plain and simple, the alcohol industry is trying to kill the competition. They know that marijuana is less addictive. Um, Yeah. Uh, 
is less addictive and less toxic and less likely to be associated with violent behavior than alcohol. So they don't want adults to have the option of using marijuana legally instead of alcohol. Their mission is to drive people to drink. Of course Unquote. that's their mission. Yep. It's absolutely right. It's profit-motivated. Well, um, I have a question. People like to assume that the tobacco companies are going to be all for weed. I think. Do you think they're going to be? Uh, do you think they're, I don't know. Maybe uh, not. I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. I mean, as weed becomes more prevalent, as cannabis becomes more prevalent in our society, I believe that people are going to see more and more clearly that it is not a lung cancer threat, and uh, they're going to realize. And then that, with that contradiction, when that becomes more profound and accepted, um, you know, by the mass, by the majority of of people, I think that, that perhaps that could change. Well, um, I, I think you're right. I think I think that right. the public's perception Cut. is definitely going to change. But uh, what I'm talking uh, about is the industry itself, like tobacco industry. Like, do they want marijuana to be legal because they want to cash in on it, or do they want it to right. stay illegal because they're in the tobacco business? Right. Right. I don't know. You know. I mean, if there's something else that you can ingest through smoking it and it and it doesn't kill you or hurt you, <laughs> but you know what? I don't. It's a totally different thing. It's a totally different activity, really. I mean, the effects are different. I mean, it's just... Well, I, you know, I'm sure the public's perception is going to change over the relative um, health um, concerns related to marijuana and tobacco. They're going to be different. Right. But I meant was the industry itself, the tobacco industry. Is the tobacco industry mm -hmm. going to be in support of legalizing marijuana because they want to cash in on it? Or are they going to be against it because they are, well, in the tobacco business? You know, that's an excellent question, and I, I promise you I will try to get something stirred up more in-depthly for next show. But initially, on its face, I'm thinking, you know what? I don't know. I can't really be committed to, to either side of that answer. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what, what are the pros and cons? How would it threaten the tobacco industry? Well, okay. I mean, that so health here's aspect the I don't think will come into play, really, because it's such a different thing. It's so well, different. but wouldn't it threaten the tobacco industry? Because perhaps some people might smoke doobies instead of cigarettes if they feel like it's cool to do that, and they may pick up smoking pot as a hop. You know, they may already smoke pot, but they don't smoke it the way they would smoke it if it was legal potentially. And and perhaps smoking weed would cut into people that no. smoke tobacco. You don't think so? Really don't. You don't think that to, I don't think so. you don't think that if it was legal, it may be an alternative to smoking cigarettes? No. Well, I'll tell you one thing, it certainly definitely is not. I mean, we have to make a pointed uh, message of the fact that it is definitely is not the same thing as smoking a cigarette. You don't need to make sure you're in a safe environment or be conscious of several of the things that you very much should if you're using cannabis, right? And I mean, you can take a smoke break right in a production job that's dangerous and there's equipment flying around everywhere and it's no big deal. You go right back in after you're smoking and, uh, you know, really hit it. And that's, that doesn't apply with cannabis. I mean, I'm sure. No, no, no. I'm not even suggesting that it does. You could get a nicotine. People get right. nicotine buzzes, though. Definitely get nicotine Oh, buzzes. absolutely. I don't think that's necessarily really safe either. It's just accepted, you know. Right. Um, people, but I mean, like, if I gotta do this shit work, I get to smoke. 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just we consider when when we read when we talk about the book, marijuana is safer than than alcohol. So why are we driving people to drink? We consider that people may decide to use marijuana as an alternative to alcohol, but we don't think that potentially right. some people may smoke marijuana as an alternative to tobacco. It's not possible at no. all. They might. What what do they call it? It's very 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 prevalent in Europe where they mix. Is it called Primo? Where they, it's Blitz. mixed tobacco. Mm-hmm. Tobacco and uh, cannabis mixed together. I mean, I wouldn't do that because I don't know. I think it's dangerous and it eliminates all the reasons that I love and and you know respect cannabis. <laughs> Matt does. I mean, Matt I do. does it. I Matt's do. guilty. He does. That's that's he how does. I like my tobacco is pretty much only with yeah. cannabis. Oh well, if it, take it from the per, tobacco perspective, yeah, <laughs> that changes everything. I'm down with it now. <laughs> Would you like some tobacco? Nope. Would you like some tobacco with cannabis in it? Uh, sure, sure, I'll try some of that. Thank you. This would be much better without the tobacco, but hey, yeah, it wasn't one of the well, it wasn't one of the choices. So, yeah, I hear yeah, that's you. true. To yeah, each Matt, Matt's, Matt's into European things. He likes all things European. Rock, you know. Well, so so effectively, <laughs> we have the uh... <laughs> dude. I really think that the, the the tobacco industry isn't. I mean, I don't know why they'd be any different than any other. Perhaps well, because they're think... more they're more prepared to to produce a product like that would make them likely sure. to want to jump right in it. But I mean, any. Any, I mean, you know, why is why is the beer industry again? With it, couldn't couldn't people in the beer industry get involved in it too? I mean, I don't know. I just, yeah. I just. It would almost seem that uh, that that flow. they'd almost have to be waiting with bated breath, you know, just to if this whole thing turns and if eventually there's full legalization, if lettuce happens, man, Philip Morris is gonna freaking do a triple backflip. I bet you. They're going to be like, yeah, wrap them up. But that's the absolute last thing I would ever want to see. I don't trust. There's like how many chemicals in your cigarettes that are not like just natural tobacco? I mean, oh, they treat it with stuff that's just awful. And the last thing I want to do is adulterate my bud. That would just be the worst. Yeah, I understand some of that. Some of the tobacco you find in modern cigarettes is like. They like um, juice the tobacco, the you know the tobacco it. plant, and then they they spray the juice back out on like paper, and uh, then they shred the paper and they with spiller. whatever else they they put in there too, and then add it oh, and man. roll it into the cigarettes. The cigarettes, of course, have the the gunpowder <laughs> rings, so they keep burning. They don't burn out. Man, I can make a T-shirt. I'll just put the Philip Morris logo and then like a grig juicy sugary bud underneath it with like a circle around it, and then I'll have that slash through it. That <laughs> says no, no, See, no more. You know what? We prohibition the crazy, the prohibition of marijuana may have created a consumer base that would never allow that. Yeah, you know what? I want what the Philip you- Morris guys to to smoke some great quality bud. That's what I want, and then I want them to sit right. and contemplate. You know, in a relaxed state, and go, hmm, man. You know what? This really hurts a lot of people. <laughs> what? You know, uh, why, why do we do? Why? I don't know, man. Why do we do that? We make a lot of money. And then they laugh and then they think about it a little bit more and go, man, we really do hurt a lot of people, though. Wouldn't that be great? But we make a lot of money. Yeah. Well, maybe that would keep wrangling back and forth. That's uh, whatever. But yeah, I don't think, I don't think that the, 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 
um, tobacco company wanting to get involved in the business is is even. I mean, I don't think that's the gist of it. That's the whole picture of it. Because you got to remember, these are huge. Philip Morris is a huge corporation. You know, the cigarette, um, tobacco companies are giants, and they're they're intertwined with all kinds of different interests. You know, and I think oh, that yeah. would affect their, you know, their stance on what they do anyway. And in a general sense, I think they're pretty dangerous. I would classify them guys as pretty dangerous. You know, corporate dudes. See so what you speak. can find out if they've spent any money on Prop 19 in any way. I'm sure that it's hard. To, I'm sure that it's really question. hard to track the money. But the growers and the people in the industry here in California are just, you know, there's just this. It's like they're definitely coming here. They're already looking for land. Yeah. It's confirmed by a friend of mine that works at a hotel in the blah blah. <laughs> right. and, uh, they're prepping. Oh, and like, I mean, you know, what's really happening? You know, where's the money going? I don't know. I mean, yeah. that's, that's that's how I feel. You determine what they really are thinking, you know. And Follow man, I hope that I hope that pot does not end up like that. That's gross. Like milking yeah. your buds on the paper and shredding the paper up and putting it in a cigarette like that. No, come on, no. Uh, mm-hmm. Wow. Please no. Absolutely. It can't it won't I don't think it can happen because there's so I mean, it might happen for the people that are gonna be new to it or live in places where they've never been able to really get it. You know what I mean? It it will be available for people, but I think that there's a lot of people that want to get in this business that are gonna continue on in the business from a connoisseur level and they're gonna constantly be trying to educate people about the differences between connoisseur weed and a cigarette joint. You know what I mean? Like right. it's gonna. I don't. I don't know. I can't see everyone getting complacent, being like, "Oh, it's okay." Sure. Philip Morris wins. Let's just smoke filtered, gunpowdered, filled, carcinogenic yeah. pieces of shit, right. and it, it'll, it'll be okay. You know, uh, at least it's cool now. I, I, I don't know. I don't see it. So, um, so I, that's why I question whether or not that the, they're all big into really uh, wanting. You know weed to become legal i mean if they're into it they'd be spending money in california but uh yeah and they've got a lot well i don't know about now they've been getting hit pretty hard lately but uh you know what one thing we do know for sure is the alcohol industry is definitely working hand in hand uh with the law enforcement community um to keep marijuana illegal um for example the the california uh, police chiefs association uh has given 30 at least thirty thousand dollars to the no on proposition 19 campaign um, while the California Narcotics Officers Association has chipped in about, uh, well, well over $20,000 of its own. Um, and uh, Mike Mino, I got this story from uh, MPP blog and Mike Mino. I'm sorry to mispronounce your name, Mike. But uh, Mike Mino um, wrote, this partnership underscores the hypocrisy among law enforcement officials opposed to Proposition 19. And, you know, that's that's... That's not good news, but it's not surprising news because we knew that was going to happen without a doubt. But, you know, where there's light, there's darkness. Isn't that how it goes? Where there's love, there's hatred. Where there's, you know, uh, I don't think dryness and wetness is one of them. Is it? I almost said that. <laughs> <laughs> and then busted myself out. with those. Uh, anywho, it does. Uh, where, there's, where there's one one side of that force. There's also goodness coming out of California in Proposition 19. And this is a good story to uh, offset that nonsense that we just heard about. Marijuana ballot measure in California when support of a, a major union, um, the officials have said. Um, this was reported in uh, all over the place. I got this one from the New York Times. But uh, a ballot measure 
This was published uh, on uh, September 13th. A ballot measure to make Cali the first state to legalize the sale and use of marijuana has won the support of one of the state's most powerful union unions, officials said on Monday, offering the proposition a shot of mainstream legitimacy, which I do agree with their take on that, um, as well as a potential financial and organizational lift. And I think that would go without doubt because this is who it is. The decision by the executive board of the service Service Employees International Union of California will be announced in the next few days, according to officials who've been briefed about it, but they weren't allowed to speak publicly. You know how that works. Um, so we'll see how this goes. The, uh, the, the SIEU, is that right? Yes, and the SEIU uh, claims over 700,000 members in the state. So that's going to that's going to be huge. But more significantly, I think, uh, perhaps, is that this could make it uh, a lot easier for other unions and other organized groups to um, step forward, you know, and kind of rally around this cause. So good things coming out of that one for sure. Yeah. You know, and then and unions do have a considerable campaign apparatus, um, as the New York Times uh, points out in the story. Uh, Adam Nagorny is the one that that reported did a good job uh, including the facts about this story but uh, that could help finance mailings telephone calls leaflets the same type of stuff that's necessary in any political endeavor like this Um, it's the same kind of stuff that we're advocating for people to help out with for uh, Jay Selhoffner it's the same stuff you know the media stuff the communication all that stuff uh, cost money unfortunately so so this is a this is a boon for the the pro prop 19 folks for sure including myself by the way got to have the money dude it's all about the benjamins these yep. things don't you, you, no, they don't yep. work without it i mean for sure it's just the way it is it's the way yep. it is hey i got a question speaking of money while we're on the uh-huh. subject because my question is in relation to money um right they've been touting this the pro the pro prop 19 people have been touting this uh, bill as um, or this initiative and this movement as a way of making a lot of money for the state. Mm-hmm. Are we sure that it's actually going to do that and how soon mm-hmm. do it? Because it's not like it's going to be legal on November 2nd and then boom, money's going to start flowing in the next day. No, I mean, no, even if it is successful in that way, it's not going to be, it's not going to be overnight. That's for sure. Well, I mean, it's going to be very tough because what do you think? You think that the banks are going to all of a sudden start opening up accounts and stuff, or, I mean, it's going to still be a cash business for, a, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff. Not that, so, not so subtle, subtleties <laughs> to be ironed out, right? <laughs> uh, stuff that's got to be figured details. out here. I mean, right. lots of detail. You can't even put your money in a bank. So how are we going right. to get tax money? Hey, you know what? I'll um, tell you one thing. It's a yes on prop 19.com, uh, I think, right? Is that right? Is that the place? Um, yes. Yeah. Yes on 19.com. You can go and check that out. That's the ones that are, that are doing this. And I don't know if this is going to generate all this money for the state of California, like they say. And I don't think most people know for sure. But uh, one thing is for sure the yes on prop 19 folks had a, they did a money bomb. You ever heard of that before? No. Yeah. What's that? In a political yeah, campaign, on, huh? Yep, on September 13th they did this. It's they called it the September 13th money bomb. Didn't didn't uh, Ron Paul's supporters start the money bomb? Um, maybe so. Yeah, I don't know. I know they did it for sure. I don't know if they were original, but I know that they did it. But but yeah, anyway, they did this for for the yes on Prop 19. Um, 
the state it says here we're going to make a statement we're going to show our movement is strong and that we can win in november on one day september 13th the prop 19 campaign will raise fifty thousand uh dollars a thousand for each day left until election day november 2nd this couldn't be more important and timely so we need everyone to stand up and chip in and it says pledge to participate in our money bomb by filling out this form it's a really brief form and it says help raise help us raise fifty thousand dollars and uh, show that we can succeed this november and they really that's a lot of dough man get people to just uh all you know it's a don't money bombs they're pretty they're pretty short-lived it's like pretty rapid thing that happens and they accumulate all this money they schedule it and they go all right you know i don't even know how they work completely but you know that's a that's a stretch fifty thousand dollars and it turns out they raised sixty one thousand two hundred and five dollars nice wow that was a huge success, and uh, that's going to help us out too, uh, even more. Nice, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Money bomb, drop the money bomb. Hey, brother, take us down to Santa Cruz. What's oh, going yeah. on down there? <laughs> you guys Some hungry at all? You guys, I wish guys I was going on got down the, there. Actually, got the munchies. Yeah, me too. Yeah, always. <laughs> you should check out. Yeah, Santa dude. Cruz. No, this is it's dinner time here, man. I'm trying to get by on blueberry on dehydrated blueberries for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What's what's in Canada? What's in Santa Cruz? Make soup simultaneously, but I don't think it's going to happen. So, yikes. Yeah, water, water, and blueberries. All right, sorry. You you don't have gone. any you don't have any cannabis ice cream in your freezer then? Oh, <laughs> no, that sounds good. I have some, they I have make some that? cannabis edge in my freezer oh that sounds good it doesn't sound, Ooh, it's not too shabby good. at all you guys are it's killing okay. me <laughs> it's okay but it's not the best because i made it <laughs> I've, I've heard of this uh cannabis ice cream before but i've never heard of it being sold commercially but apparently these cats down in santa cruz are doing just that for real yeah you guys want to hear about it absolutely yep. let's roll to a special kind of ice cream or what is also being called high scream. High scream. It's uh, something that has actually been around for decades, now just becoming more commercial. Action News reporter Stephanie Trong has the story tonight, live from Salinas. Uh, Dan, the high scream you're talking about is becoming more popular, and we're now finding it here on the Central Coast. But it's not something you can find anytime, anywhere, and it's definitely not for everyone. Ice cream in three different flavors. The ice cream you get at SoCal's Creme de Canna is beyond your usual order. It's medicated with marijuana. There's triple chocolate brownie. Premium ice cream uh, with chunks of the uh, you know, cannabis-infused uh, brownie. Here's Banana Bis Foster, basically pot-infused banana, caramel, vanilla ice cream. And this is strawberry cheesecake, Marie as in marijuana. It's strawberry. Um, yeah, made with organic uh, local oh, strawberries and a Grand Marnier reduction. The detailed concoction wow. is the pride and joy of creator Jonathan Kolodinsky. He's also the owner of the medical marijuana dispensary that opened its doors just this week. Kolodinsky says the ice cream is a high-class gourmet option for patients who want a healthier alternative to smoking. And the ice cream is a way that we can do that and make it, you know, deliciously amazing. At 15 bucks a piece, this stuff's pretty potent. Kolodinsky says there are two to four doses of cannabis for each half pint. 
Finishing one of these off would be similar to smoking an eighth of high-grade pot. Woo. That's oh, about eight oh. points. Everybody who's tried it has told us that uh, that they absolutely loved it. I bet. And, uh, we've had a lot of people that have come back. Scary, seconds, dude. Uh, and thirds and fourths. Too bad we don't have smell of vision because thirds and you guys fourths. at home would love this. But some might not be too happy about this. Marijuana laced ice cream maybe grabbing the wrong sort of attention. We uh, very explicitly label all of our products with a marijuana leaf. Uh, and it says, you know, keep out of reach of children. I've been very mindful. You know, I've got a daughter. I come from a very conservative family. He says ultimately his goal is to help his patients, making this double the treat. Love yeah, it. They're the usual Dude. rules that go along with this. You have to be a card-carrying marijuana oh, yeah. patient to blah, get blah, it. Blah, blah, and blah. Um, also, you can't eat the ice cream at the collective or dispensary. Although, what? Dan, uh, that might not be <laughs> enough uh, to satisfy those who aren't fans of this so-called high cream. All right. Very good. Thanks very much, uh, <laughs> that, Stephanie. That kills me. High cream. All right. <laughs> All there. All righty. Thank you very much. Hey, um... You can't eat it there, dude. I was imagining this. I wasn't imagining. So here's what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking of this place like a regular dispensary. I was thinking of it like, like ice cream parlor. It does ice cream, man. You go in and you <laughs> eat some fucking ice cream, you know? And ice cream. Take it home. And I'll tell you what. My why I said it's scary because they said a half pint is two to four doses. So if that <laughs> half pint is it all good? I'm going to eat the shit out of that stuff, and man. It's gonna That's going to put you out. Doses. It's put yeah, you it's going to put me out, you know? So, wow, ooh. what a great, if you have a really massive pain episode, like when you typically like just down oh, a bunch of yeah. awful farmies, what a great replacement that would be. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I, have to eat. <laughs> I had to go, man. I got to go eat a pint of strawberry <laughs> Cheesecake ice cream. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, let's make a trip down there. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I can't see these Count are the it. things that might happen after Prop 19 goes through. There might be businesses like that, like just an ice, you know, 21 and over ice cream bar where you can go yeah. in. Who is like, the scary they, lady that's uh, sponsoring the legislation could. that wants to make that illegal? Oh, you mean uh, Miss Feinstein? Miss Diane Feinstein. Is that who you're referring yeah. to? She will not get her way. Because, I mean, how could, I mean, there, there is a legitimate concern, though, right, to some extent. It's just a responsibility can, issue is all it is. So people, well, sure, people, vodka looks like water, though, and we don't, you know, make, I mean, you know, I don't know. Screw, screw, screw vodka. Look, I mean, at those, look at those what, uh, sweet, you know, those cooler drinks, you know, like the lemonade. Yeah, the lemonade. And yeah. And, the, right. Candy alcohol. That's right. true. They definitely, they definitely have that. For sure. And, it, yeah, and it can't be locked up in the liquor cabinet. It has to go in the freezer with all the other goodies and the popsicles and everything else. You just, you, you can't, I mean, it's kids. It's a matter of personal you know, responsibility. It's up to right? parents. If the parents right. have it around their kids and they're not being careful with it, then that's their fault. But that's how liquor is, too. You allow parents to make the decision on where they get to store their liquor and their guns. Right. I mean... Um, hey, <laughs> that's a good point. Right? Right, and their pornography, everything, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. All these things that kids are not supposed to have. And their vehicles yeah. and their fucking chainsaws. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. Dude. We live like, in a dangerous <laughs> world. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I live near an airport. So, like, a plane could potentially, like, fly into my house and kill me at night. And, and then, you know what? I've been making a bad decision for my kids because I live too close to an airport. That's kind of a stretch. 
but just kind because of a I weak have ice argument. cream, yeah, it's pretty weak. But just because I have ice cream that's medicated, as long as I don't let my kids anywhere near it or they know what it is and that it is daddy's medicine, see, that's a, that's a great thing. argument for being able to eat it like we thought we could initially before we heard the clip. You should just be able to go in there and go, yeah, can I help you? And they should smile real nice and go, what can I get for you, sir? One like, scoop uh, of cherry chunks, please. <laughs> I want two scoops of uh, strawberry marie cheesecake um, in a traditional cone. What's that called? The old ones? Man, no that'll sugar. be so cool when you can sit down at a bar and have mm-hmm. your favorite, like a, a pot bar, and have your favorite, like, your favorite edible with a vapor of like whatever they have there easily if, ready for your vapor. What if it's, it's like a can right of cone? There. It's, it's a pot cone. It's like a, it's cannabis in the cone. Oh that yeah. Can, that'd be good the, too. Ooh yeah. That'd be really like a, good. A waffle cone with cannabis in it. Mm. Yeah. Just that'd a little bit. Food. Yeah. Just so you can taste it a little. A little oh, flavor. Just a little. Yeah. Because I found Are that you, the foods that we can taste it just a little is the best. You don't yeah. want to completely cover it. No, up, you don't. It's just like using sure. herbs and and cooking. Yeah. You don't want to use too much. Right. Right. You just gotta, a, yeah. Just it, a presence. It, yeah, because when it's t- too much, it tastes terrible. It's bad. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Blah. Blah. Yeah. We should yeah. get some. We should get some cannabis chefs on the show. Yes. Yeah, there are there are uh-huh. uh, numerous cannabis. Get all the preheat to four twenty. We should do it. Uh huh. Yeah. See what they got going I, 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 on. Okay. Wonder if those girls are listening. And then there's some girl. What that, and then that girl up in uh, um, BC that does the cooking too. Should get a hold of her. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Absolutely. one of these dispensary companies that do like a you know specific product in California. I can't remember the names of the different. Uh, like regular edibles, but we should uh, look into it and see if we can talk to like one someone that's running one of those. Maybe an issue, but we could try. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh shoot! So what's uh what else is going on, Callie? So I don't yeah, know if this is like of... a. Or what? Go ahead, Pot. I was gonna say, yeah, you got another clip. Yeah, I got I'm another sure clip. It's it's I, okay. So I've never heard of this show before. It's on MSNBC. I think it's the the. <laughs> Dylan Radigan show. Huh. You guys I've never heard, heard of this? it? Unfamiliar myself. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, this guy uh, just goes off for a little bit about uh, legalizing marijuana. All right, time now for Friday's installment of the Daily Rant. And this fall, California voters will make history if they decide to legalize pot for personal use with a ballot measure entitled Proposition 19. Opponents yeah. of Prop 19 say if the measure passes, it will unleash a slew of problems from gang violence to drug abuse. Ooh. My man Toure has a slightly different take. Take it oh, away, yeah. so sir. It's this guy Toure who's actually... Toure's turn is the name of the segment. Every night, millions of upstanding Americans return home after a day of work, put the kids to bed, and grab a joint. They puff, puff, pass, and get mellow. If my mom is watching, I have never, ever done that. Is this immoral <laughs> behavior? It is not. And soon in California, it might be legal. Proposition 19, the Regulate, Control, and Tax Cannabis Act of 2010 would allow adults to possess an ounce of marijuana for personal consumption, to use it in a non-public place, and to grow at a private residence. It means the all-American pursuit of happiness and the right to do what you like in the privacy of your home could soon expand to allow in a little weed. Recent polls show Prop 19 will pass in November, though passage will require thousands of potheads to find the motivation to get out and vote 
and motivation is not their strong suit. All nine former DEA administrators are urging President Obama to militate against the proposition, proving they're militate. definitely not the sort of guys you invite to a party. <laughs> marijuana is already quasi-legal in California. It's one of 14 states that allow the sale of medical marijuana. And in Cali, anyone can get a medical marijuana card. Doctor, I have anxiety. Here's a card. Doctor, I have a headache. Here's a card. Doctor, I want a card. Here's a card. But after decriminalization, reputable licensees will sell it, and hundreds of millions of tax dollars will flow into the state's pockets. And the police will no longer spend time and taxpayer dollars chasing, arresting, and jailing people who are smoking something the World Health Organization says poses a much less serious public health threat than alcohol and tobacco. Weed doesn't inspire violence or wreak physical or mental havoc like heroin and cocaine. And in the history of the world, no one has ever died from an overdose of Mary Jane. And if everyone who smoked weed graduated to other drugs, then most of those who were young in America in the 60s would now be hardcore drug addicts. The argument that marijuana use is a gateway into the world of hardcore drug abuse is perhaps the loudest anti-decriminalization message around, but this is just slippery slope fear-mongering. Studies have shown an addictive personality is more predictive of becoming an addict than using cannabis. So if you've got addictive tendencies, you'll become an addict whether or not you smoke weed first. England, Spain, Italy, and Portugal also don't jail people for small amounts of weed. It's time America loosened up about Mary. And tragically, Dylan, the people who are railing the hardest against decriminalization are those who are most in need of a smoke. Maybe we should <laughs> launch a bake down your anxious politician day. <laughs> and I mean that. You talk to Nate Silver over at 538. And what he says is anybody in this country who has ever smoked marijuana, whether you smoke it now or not, always pulls to be in favor of legalization because they're like, well, I don't know. I wouldn't want to smoke it myself, but you smoke it. And anybody who has never smoked it is like, well, you better not do that. <laughs> so what I'm saying is might be time to go bake down <laughs> some non-pot smokers. Could you think you could organize such a thing? Just a one-time event. Bake them down. A legalization <laughs> bake down. A different sort of million-man lunch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you're, you're right that that personal experience and seeing, hey, it's not that big a deal, man. You have a little thing. Anybody said three glasses of wine. Three, not even two. Right, two. Really, you know, I mean, but you made the point that the people who most don't want or most against decriminalization, alcohol and beverages, because they make a lot of money. Remember, we live in a sinister world where money controls the government. Who stands to lose the most in the event of a legalization of another sort of escapist, mood-enhancing drug of some kind, which marijuana is? They want to be our high. They don't want anybody else to cash in on their monopoly. Only Budweiser for you. Is there anything that you see in this entire debate? Is there anything that you see that you've heard in this debate that has struck you as cred a credible reason not to, not to legalize? Not really. No. I mean, like, you know, free the police from chasing people who aren't really doing anything immoral. Um, you know, more tax dollars in the state's coffers. I mean, like, is 60% of the drugs coming out of Mexico, the whole drug war is marijuana-based. You know, I, I'm not sure this is going to end the, the drug war in Mexico. That's one of the things that the proponents are saying. Sure. I don't know if You're that's going to quite on happen. That one. But, I mean, you know, when, I'm wondering, why did, we, why did we stop prohibition? 
I mean, like we saw there. I mean, did did alcohol change yeah. from moral to immoral? No. I mean, like you know, it's okay. Let it's it, time. Relax. It's time. Relax. All right. That's Relax. I'm, that's Tori. I'm Dylan. <laughs> Hardball's up right now. All right. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, th- so what's up? That went a lot of places. Well, yeah, what just happened? I thought he was going negative, and I was like, there's another one of these guys. I'll give him his, you know, whatever time to talk about it. But but then he, I was like, wait a minute. He sounds like he's really positive. <laughs> now, is he, I, I think is he, he went out with the hook, you know, to catch a few stragglers in the beginning and try to Yeah, what's up in. with that? So what's his stance ultimately? Is he... Oh, he's pro, pro Prop 19. I kind of like what he did, actually, because he probably, if he had anyone... If he had anyone at all that maybe thought he was being, you know, genuine at first about um, what he was saying, then they go into it. You know what I mean? I don't know. It was good. I like sure. I like the hook. It was a good hook. Um, yeah, it was a good clip. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I think they're. I you know I think they're getting at the point of it though. Um, anyone that uh, is is considering Prop 19, you, you, Staley was on the air with us last week. He said it. Um, I heard Paul Gallegos say it today, his district attorney of Humboldt County. I heard other people say it is, look, this bill's not perfect. Everything it's being promoted as is not going to be exactly the way it's promised right up front. A lot of stuff has to get ironed out after it's passed. But the salient issue is whether or not it's time to legalize marijuana. And most people feel like that in and of itself is the most important thing of Prop 19 and not the money that's going to be raised and not anything else. Just the fact that it is time to legalize marijuana and then figure all the rest of the stuff out as it comes afterwards, which is what's going to have to happen anyway. So, um, you know, and I think that's what everybody's getting at. I think that's what these guys are getting at the most. Just like, okay, this is getting ridiculous now. And it is, it's time. Um, and, and we only have six weeks left potentially until it happens. I thought crazy. I thought it was really refreshing to hear this sort of a, a treatment of the discussion on um, uh, MSNBC, a cable news network. Yeah, yeah, they've been doing a lot of good things. They mm-hmm. had a great uh, full-length feature that they made about it, like a whole special, the Marijuana Inc. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We should yeah, talk yeah, about you know, that sometime. we should guide our listeners to that. Uh, MSNBC, uh, the Mar- Marijuana Inc. is in Incorporated, right? INC. Uh-huh. INC, yeah. Yeah, so you can search that and check out all the info. It's pretty, I was, I was impressed. There was a ton of stuff. It was just a treasure trove of cannabis-related information that they were putting out. And I was like, this is N- MSNBC? <laughs> really? Right, but the first thing they did, okay, so their website has a lot of good stuff on it. The website for the Marijuana Inc. thing, I believe it has, uh-huh. yes, it has a lot of cool stuff inside the pod industry, but the the mm-hmm. show itself, the thing, I don't know, they, they've got uh, a lot of, I didn't see the, that. it was an hour-long show, and they spent a lot of time talking about fires, and robbing, and killing, and cartels uh, and you know yeah. the the tiny little percentage of the business that's terrible when it happens and it is always I call a that story, I call that the uh, the danger glaze by the way that's what that's what mainstream media does danger glaze they, they they just put the danger glaze on it yeah so but if you if you if you check out their information from their website stuff it's it's, it's better and i know there's one of the one of there's, these you can go through marijuana through marijuana inc just a google search and find it on oh that's a C this is a CNBC thing they've got that was a CNBC oh yeah that's thing. right that's right and there was yeah, one on, 
and there was one on MSNBC, and they both kind of competed at the same time. So. Oh really? Uh, okay. Yeah, and we oh, do we did get another recommendation from an emailer recently about some new videos I hadn't seen. Here he is. What did he say? He said. Um, the True Tale of American Marijuana. I found he found a show. It's on Hulu. True Tale of American Marijuana. So um, that's another one yeah. that's been recommended. That's lately a good one. That's a, Have you seen that yeah. one? I haven't, yeah, I, haven't seen yeah that. I liked it. It's good. Okay. I'm so. adding a link to the show notes. Nice. Awesome. Awesome, Matt. You're the virtual god. Um, yeah, dude. I listen Eastside? to. Oh, I listened to Paul Gallegos today, Matt. Oh, I love uh, Paul Gallegos. I'm a Paul Gallegos fan. Yeah, I voted for him three times now, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think, so. I think three times. Um, once in a recall and uh, um, twice in regular elections. And his, he's, being, he's in a um, runoff election up here in Humboldt County for district attorney um, in November. And uh, he was on 94.1 right, as a local station up here in Humboldt. Um, and the interview was pretty good. It was bad at first. He was kind of dodging. And the whole thing that the guy wanted to talk uh, to him about was relating to Prop 19. So it was basically yeah. um, a interview all about Prop 19. And uh, at first he was being really wishy-washy and kind of like not taking much of a stance when they first came on because he's a – um, he has signed on with Leap, but he is also oh, a member yeah. of California Association of District Attorneys or whatever. Right. You know, so right. So he's with both of them, um, and the the district attorney thing definitely opposes it big time, and Leap um, supports it, um, but. He has not endorsed Prop 19, and he's probably not going to endorse Prop 19 is what he says. And he pointed to the reason is is because of the rhetoric that the campaign uses. He doesn't believe that it's going to be the way that they say, and he's specifically talking about the money. He doesn't think it's going to become legal, and then the money is going to flow in through the state budget the way that they claim it will. He thinks it'll – I mean, you know. But – but then he didn't, you know, he didn't get into depth into what he exactly meant by he didn't think it was going to why it wasn't going to work and how it was going to work as far as the money goes and stuff other than because they think the price will drop. You know what I mean? So um, either way, I don't see how eventually if weed's legal, eventually it's going to be taxed and the money will trickle in through government. But um, I was I was I was listening to what they were saying there about that. Um, but he was saying that the most salient issue is that to determine whether or not it's time to move forward and get over the whole prohibition of marijuana. He's saying it's already readily available for people whenever they want it anyway. He's saying it's not harmful. He compared it to alcohol, saying that alcohol uh, uh, was uh, way more dangerous for society and for individuals. Um, he, uh, said all, you know, and he did go into the marijuana stereotype. All marijuana wants you to do is get high, eat a bunch, sit around and watch movies. He got into that whole thing. And, uh, and then he, um, well, wait, 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 did he, did he, was he, was he agreeing with that? That that's what they do? Or he he was, he was. And then they asked him if he used marijuana. Yeah, he was. And they asked him if he used marijuana and he said, no. And he said, people always assume that I do and that I have a recommendation, but I don't. And they asked him if anyone in his office does. 
And he said no, at least if they're being honest with him. They asked if he drug tests. He says he does not, but he could. But that he assumed, this is where he kind of got on my nerves, he assumed that if they were, he'd be able to tell by their performance. And I was just like, what? That's lame. I I don't know. I kind of agree with that, really. I mean, I don't agree with that it should be an issue in the first place, but I agree that, you know, it shouldn't, at minimum, it shouldn't never, never be an issue unless there's something obviously wrong. I mean... Yeah, it was a long interview um, because the first like 10 minutes of it, the interviewer was just trying so hard to get him to answer and be clear on what his stance was. And it took a while to get there. But um, but that's uh, that's, you know, that that he's he's in a runoff um, <laughs> against a district attorney who probably is not in support of Prop 19. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is interesting because he he was uh pretty monumental in, in getting our 215 laws pretty open for people up here right and, and um and now he would continue with that if it stays like that but he supports prop 19 and then there'll be this he's running against his lady that probably doesn't support prop 19 at all and um that might actually win her some votes of some people that have voted for him over the last couple of elections. So it was interesting. Wow, it's a really, it's real, really long interview. But um, I thought that there was, I thought there were some good little tidbits, and that was what got me today on my, on my sitting on the, you know, everyone wants to smoke weed and sit on the couch thing, just like geez. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not so sure that you'd necessarily be able to tell uh, someone's performance just because they use marijuana. That's not, not right. If they're hugging not, the water, the water cooler going, nah, 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 nah. Well, probably something's kind of out of sorts. Then <laughs> you can go, dude, uh, Sherry, are you okay? I'm not, you know, well, I think you did too much of something. You probably shouldn't be here. And I don't know if they should drug test then. I don't get into that huge argument, but you know, yeah. It's it's stupid. I don't know. It's stupid. So, so do you think somebody really does puff up in his office? In the office? I'm, I couldn't imagine that it, none of the staff doesn't ever smoke weed. I mean, come on. Like, you know, I think people up in the White that. House, someone smokes weed in the White House, probably. Not in the but, White House, but like, I don't know, you know, while, they're people, while they've got their hookers and they're, you know, they're at their hotel with their hooker and they puff a doobie here and there. Did something. you guys, did you guys hear about Barbara Boxer's aid? Didn't caught with marijuana. Uh oh. Oh yeah, yeah, I did hear that. It's yeah, amazing. just I think it was this Such past week. Thing. Yeah, I don't yeah, have any more of the story. Part. Yeah, I bet cool. they did. Yeah, did he make them look ridiculous, <laughs> or did they make them look ridiculous? Yeah, they really did, actually. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, that, that kind of fits into the California thing, I guess. For sure, For sure it does. Yeah. Renner's rights. I'm going to talk about renter's rights. Please. I got some, uh, some, uh, interesting things to think about here. So in California, renters, currently, right? like it, like a home, if you're renting mm-hmm. a home, an apartment, gotcha. whatever, whatever it is that you're renting, do you have the right, right. to grow? Do you have the right to grow marijuana uh-huh. inside of a building? Mm. I don't think so. Legally. Well, I think it's at the discretion of your landlord. Right. I mean, it, but it's not so what do you I think want to hear. Landlord, do you think it's, it's okay for a landlord to tell you that you can't? Um, you know, I think legally, unfortunately, it is. But I don't think it's right if they just do it out of political, you know, ideology or, you know, whatever. 
some kind of prohibitionist mindset. I mean, if some some renters just are seriously concerned with damage to their place, you know, it's a it's potentially well, I a mean, lot of right. Lot of I mean, there's there's a difference between having a plant or a few plants in your in your closet because you are growing it for you know for your own medicinal purposes and exclusively, right? Then and blowing up your whole garage or the whole house or whatever. Right. right? So at what point is it, it, where, where do you draw the line? You do, you know, because I know that up here now and probably in some parts of Colorado, this is starting to happen. The landlords will be like, no two fifteen, no growing, no this, no that. And they're being like flat up, you know, Think no of it this growing. way. What, what if you had properties, like several properties, some of them were really nice, you know, really well kept. And would you want somebody to go? I mean, we're talking the difference here. Would you want somebody to go in there and blow the place up? Well, wait, for, really quick, for, for our international audience or some people even maybe around our own country that don't, uh, don't realize the lingo here, blowing a house up or blowing, a, uh, blowing something up in this context means means what? It means... Growing a lot of weed, doing a commercial lights, not even not even the whole thing. I mean, you know, like a good portion of it, like doing a commercial grow at the house, having a grow operation at the house, a business at the house for for growing growing and manufacturing marijuana. Um, So, so so if you had that, how would you feel? Okay, well, here's what I hear. Well, you're asking me, dude. I mean, I I would, you know. I, I, I'm going to be, let's put it this way. I'd be very um, thorough on my investigation into who is uh, renting my property. <laughs> I can see you actually <laughs> bringing a bottle in there, a plastic, empty plastic bottle going, dude, first of all, this shit is very chemi. It is nasty. <laughs> you might, you might get some size benefit, but it's going to taste like shit. And I don't want to ingest that stuff. What are you doing? So yeah, right. And 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 along the lines of you know what kind of references they have, what their story is, how they seem, how they act, their background check, blah blah blah. And then if you know I even suspected it, I'd tell them I know what you might be doing there. I want to come in and see what you got going. I'm gonna come in and look and make sure that it's safe, and maybe even bring a contractor of mine make sure that everybody is doing things safely. I think that would be. I think that would be the smartest way to go about it on a case by case basis. Um, sure. What about? Uh, but I could see myself having a property where I do not want a commercial grow in it. Um, you know, like if you have a tiny little apartment that you're renting out to someone, you don't want them just to grow in the whole apartment. You want that to be an apartment that's lived in. I don't. I mean, I, you know, I could see. Sure. I could see myself saying, I don't want that sort of business being in one of my properties. Although I don't see myself saying that I, I could understand someone not wanting, I mean, because you're not right. supposed to, you know, run businesses out of your house all the time like that. Basically, when you look at the amount of energy that's going into it and the amount of work that goes into it and the amount of money that goes into it, it's like a small manufacturing business really. And sure. I could see you not, you know, I, I kind of feel like landlords should have the right to say, no, we don't want commercial production in our house but i'm not so sure they have the right to say we don't want legitimate medical use in our house 
Um, you know, I, I yeah, don't know if I don't know that you can stop someone from, you know, making their own medicine. I'm not, you know, but but, you know, putting 20 lights in, in the house is not making your own medicine. Right. So I think yeah, there's I think a, the, a distinction. I think the latter would be an issue. The blowing the whole place, the 20 lights issue would be a problem, too. Uh, but I, I, you make a great point with uh, the question uh, more focused on just legitimacy, just several, you know, a few, several easily contained plants. You know, I think at that point, I don't know. I don't think they should be allowed. As long, I mean, unless unless they're they're saying no plants allowed in the house, not not referring to cannabis specifically, but just in a general sense, no plant. Which you know nobody does that. You have to have you have to be able to live. You're paying a rent to to be able to live in that in that place. And so, I mean, the live part is crucial part of your side of the deal. You get you he gets the money on time, hopefully, <laughs> and then you get to live there, not just occupy it. And, you know, so you have to be a, there's reasonable allowances have to be made. It's all stipulated in the, in the rental agreement. But I mean, I can't imagine that, that, that would be, I don't know. It's sure, it's sure ludicrous and, and pigheaded for somebody to be that way. I mean, it has to be a, from some sort of a political uh, stance well, or something. I, I, I think the thing here, I mean, I think, you know, here it's a, a big issue because here most, a lot of people aren't doing small individual grows. Mm-hmm. You know, they're sure. doing, they're doing commercial grows. And, um, so they just say it as a, a, you know, that's it period, you know, like no growing, but then when it gets, when it comes down to the person that really is just doing it for, for themselves and for health reasons, I just, I just can't see the justification in, in not allowing it, especially if they're being upfront with you about it and they let you sure. look at it. I think it they do like, have the right to, to check up. Every once in a while, and make sure you're not making a mess or having these big leaky pots that are going all over their nice new uh, linoleum or wood floor, or even some really nice thing. You know, I mean, they have a right to check up. I, 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 my landlord, this my apartment is completely redone, and uh, it was relatively, you know, like literally brand new. And he he was kind of skittish. He didn't want me to have a dog in here, but uh, he's kind of skittish a little bit, iffy about a cat. And I I got a cat now, and he's come by a couple times. And he said, "Man, I can't even really tell you have a cat." He can he didn't say he was there to check it, but that's what he was doing. And then he commented how you know, I, I guess I would have got an A on my report card or something the way he responded about it. And I thought, yeah, you know, that's good, no problem. So I think it's similar. It would be similar to weed or, or to cannabis plants. I mean, they have the right with the 24-hour notice, and if you don't like how often they do it, you have the right to give them a 30-day notice and move out, you know? Um, right. Unless, unless you're in a lease, I guess, and then if they're coming twice a month, that is probably pretty gnarly on you. But, you know, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I guess there just needs to uh, – it'd be great if we were in a place to where everyone could – talk to their landlords about what they're doing and you know like mm-hmm. everything could be ironed out but it, it, it's just not like that um so you know i don't know i just it's just it's just weird because is, one guy do you one, know one, it, what's that do you know is that a gray area in the law or is that defined in some way what then what do you mean like whether or not the, they have the right to tell you you can't do it yeah there's well, there are people that'll say that you do not have the right to tell me I can't do this. Yes, there are people that say that. Um, and, 
and then there's those that uh-huh. say that that's not the case, and then cities people start putting their own ordinance in place and making the rules, and they say this is what you can do, and you know, um, so so it's moving um, it's moving towards uh, where the def- the rules are becoming more and more defined by different local jurisdictions and everything. So, um, right. but uh, but you know that that's going to continue to change, and I just wish that that um the the distinction was already made for everyone everywhere you knew what you could and couldn't do if you were in an area where you know like you can definitely do this much i'd like to know what that is but a lot not every cause not everywhere is like that for people and there's always issues um between landlords and tenants and the, especially when the tenants are either commercially growing or growing for themselves and uh yeah. I, I don't know it's a it's a it's an interesting topic um and it's a, you know it's just a matter of whether or not you have the right to grow your medicine is a different issue from whether or not whether or not you have the right to operate a manufacturing business in your house i tell you what I will research some more and find out more information about what involvement the tobacco industry has, or if any, in this uh, whole Prop 19, this whole movement that's going on right now with uh, cannabis in the, in the country. And you can check out more on the renter's rights stuff and see if there's any detail, if that comes up or has occurred somewhere. Um, yeah, can... I'll look into it. I know it's kind of, it's coming up in Eureka, which is just, awesome. just right here. And um, they have made rules to what you can do in your house there. And it's small, it's very small, um, right. and it's pretty specific. Um, wow. And it even talks about how the notification process with the landlord is. And I don't think that the landlord is allowed to tell you you cannot do it in Eureka. Good. But that's in Eureka. That's one place. Then Humboldt County has guidelines too, but no one follows the guidelines and people don't get prosecuted by the guidelines and people go above the guidelines and don't get, you know, and don't always get prosecuted. And then some people get prosecuted below the guidelines. And it's like, it's just, it's fuzzy. And in the rest of the county that's not in Eureka, the landlord does have the right to tell you, you cannot do it. So it's, it's, it's on a case, it's on a place by place, you know, uh, basis. So, um, so it changes everywhere. Um, I'm just one, you know, I guess I was just wondering like from a, like, you know, what, as far as what your rights should be, you know, I I feel like you should have your right to grow your medicine, but, uh, um, the landlord has the right to tell you, you can't operate a certain type of business out of your home. That's how I feel. But, um, you know, I'll look into it more Very for you. Dude. I'll cool definitely look into it more because I definitely want to know about. Yeah, that's a great question. Now I'm, I'm waiting to hear some more about that. That's uh that's interesting on what they can do or can't do. I never really thought of it that pointedly. I would have just did it anyway. So I never really considered it honestly. So yeah, it's, it'll be great to get some more stuff. Yep. Let's uh let's whiz on over to the other side of the country. Let's, do, let's it. do that. Check out what's up east side, yeah, right? We got some yeah. uh, some shit going down in Rhode Island. Nice. I guess these, these, well, we'll hear the clip. New at 11 Eyewitness News is tracking new details on medical marijuana centers. Tonight, we've learned the health department has rejected all 15 of the Compassion Center registration applications it received. We're told nine applicants did not meet the minimum scoring requirements. Others were not nonprofit groups, which is required. Dr. David Gifford tells us they all exceeded the 25-page limit on their applications. 
a lot of it came about because we got uh, eight formal challenges by many of the applicants challenging each other about technical aspects of it. We had to review it. Some of the challenges we found had merit, some didn't. And in the end, we unfortunately had to disqualify all 15. The state wow. is restarting the application process to issue licenses for up to three medical marijuana centers in October. All right. So, oh my gosh! <laughs> they denied all fifteen of the applicants. <laughs> oh my god! That's I, amazing. I was so proud of Rhode they're, they're Island. They're waiting. They're waiting for their friends' applications. Their their buddies aren't done with their business <laughs> plans yet in Rhode Island. <laughs> and I understand. Did they say that in the state they're only going to allow three total? Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what's going on. That's why all the uh, uh, challenges occurred in the first place. They're all clamoring for three spots. Jeez, it's Rhode yeah. Island, guys. It's a tiny little state, too. So it is. So thankfully, we uh, the, <laughs> there are patients in Rhode Island who give a damn, and um, they they mm. do give a damn, and they they've been protesting. So we uh, from the same place. Now the latest developments on the battle to bring medical marijuana to Rhode Island. Days after the state denies all of the Compassion Center applications, outraged patients protest, demanding that the new law be followed. Eyewitness News reporter Walt Buteau has the details. The patients who tell us they need medical marijuana say they've waited far too long for the Compassion Centers to open. To get medicine out to people that need it. Protesters expected a ribbon cutting by December of 2009. At least one open, and here we sit. So they brought their fight to the Department of Health. There are so many people out there that do not have pain relief. They do not deserve this. Nine applicants for the dispensaries did not meet the state's minimum requirements, and the other six presented applications with too many pages. We're also frustrated by this, too. The Department of Health tells us there's compassion for the patients, but... We also want to make sure that that compassion center is safe, effective, and provides the best possible service for all of the patients who are registered in the program. The state, meanwhile, is streamlining its application requirements and ready to reopen the process by October. But for patients in pain, it will not be soon enough. We do have some patients that are self-sufficient and are doing well, but as more and more patients come in, more and more patients are going without. But the compassion centers are not opening anytime soon. According to the Department of Health, it could be another five months before anyone is even approved to open one. With the Mobile News from Walt Buteau, Eyewitness News. I'd hit the bullshit button on all this. This sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Um, it, the thing that sucks, really sucks about it is, is it's probably a top-down political way of them slowing the process down, which is what's it seem, what it seems. Or they've made the requirements way too crazy. Come on. 15 people applied and no one gets a business out of it? And some yeah. of you got know, shut down for, because their applications were too long. Over 25 pages? Right, but you figure they were probably trying to comply with whatever uh, the application requirements was were. Yeah, uh-huh. uh huh. That's that's pretty stupid. That's yeah. pretty dumb. That's really yeah. dumb. Like it's like, surprising how can anyone from let Rhode that shit fly. Hmm? Rhode Island traditionally, as we've reported many times on the show, I and mean, a lot of times Rhode Island came into the news, and it was always very good things. Sometimes like president setting this is the way to do it, like leading the way things, like making sure that doctors. Uh, could be medical cannabis providers or, or you know, give recommendations and still r retain their uh, anonymity about, you know, uh, from, their, from the rest of their practice due to this, the ridiculous stigmas and bullshit they have to put up with. You know, that was pretty cool for Rhode Island to do that.
And to say they they passed the legislation to get these if they, if they ever managed to get them, but they you know they wanted to get dispensaries. That's a big step. So if, I don't know. I don't really. It doesn't seem to me like they would be against or trying to slow down the pro the process. But I think I don't know. That's that's really curious how they had uh, too much information. I mean, it's stupid. It's stupid. That's just dumb. It's I'm it's, I'm beyond curious. That's just them wanting to cut people out of the process. Having one one stupid rule eliminate people. And you're probably right, Matt. They're probably just trying to thoroughly explain exactly how they were going to do everything within right. the requirements. You know, and that's that's just ridiculous, dude. But the whole thing is stupid from the beginning anyway. Because hey, here we are. We're going to make you be a nonprofit, and we're going to make sure that all of the people are members, that nobody been this way and that. And we're going to put all these rules on this business that we don't put on other businesses, and we're going to make it really hard for you to get involved in it. And we're only going to give three people the right to do this, and more than likely, they're going to be people we know. So, um, yeah. yeah, good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Sucks, so you know. Dude. It pisses yeah. me off. Yeah, I want to know what's going on in Colorado. Hopefully, something. It's kind of unfortunate. Well, off. you know what? This is a little bit more kind of nonsensical stuff going on, but this is typical things that'll happen. Um, we talked about the Department of Revenue's Medical Marijuana Advisory Committee from Colorado um, in past shows. It's been very controversial from the beginning, um, but here's just another thing uh, that that has been causing a little bit of a an uproar. Over in uh, Colorado, the the meetings were not open to the public. I can't imagine how they could fathom that was a good decision to make in the first place. But uh, obviously, advocates complained like crazy, and they changed that. Now there's new gripes uh, in, in Colorado that, uh, from the likes of Cannabis Therapy Institute, for example, that the meeting space is too small for everyone who wants to attend a session tomorrow. The session is going on the 16th. That's tomorrow. And they... Uh, the the problem is there's like the first meeting was attended by over a hundred people and I, it was a very small space and they couldn't fit everybody in there and they were pouring out into the hallways and all over and for something so important they have a right to attend and and to engage in this uh, sort of uh, political or civil discourse and they're they're kind of being denied that because they're not you know providing the space that that's necessary for these patients to come in and and and, and participate in this democratic process. So, uh, what's going to happen? Nobody knows. Um, remember we talked about the department of revenues, this, this marijuana, uh, office that does all the qualifications for the, they took all the applications to have dispensaries and they, they go through it all. The one by the, the, by the betting office. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the, it's in the dog racing track. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah. Those people. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up with this, this guy. That's what's going on here. But, uh, it's like tomorrow about nine o'clock or something. They said is when the meeting is. And so far, I don't know, it could be like, uh, a little bit like Apple's releasing a new product or something because everybody's been sending emails that says the story says about, you know, we need to be there really early if you want to get a chance to attend this. So I guess the people that really want to be there, you know, get in rather. Why don't they, they, like, they don't have access to a something. I mean, you could put them in the, it sounds like a, the, you know, theater for a high school would be sufficient or, or gymnasium or the, 
I mean, it's not that the, difficult, people. Come the on. Worst part, the worst part about it is that uh, uh, a committee member, and he's also a prominent medical marijuana attorney, his name is Rob Corey, um, he, uh, he sent an email to, to the DOR's uh, representative, Matt Cook, who we reported on before. He, uh, he said, in response to a reminder note about the next meeting scheduled for tomorrow, Corey wrote, a reminder of my own, as I mentioned last meeting, I still have space available at zero cost to the state that will accommodate more members of the public than the conference room at 1881 Pierce. Please advise if you'd like to take advantage of my offer, which is made in the spirit of continuing to be a team player. And uh, so they have somebody. But they're not doing it. They're not moving. It's, yeah. And, and it was followed up by a CTI uh, release uh, about the meeting that fig- – Featured this, it's somewhat lengthy aside. It says, this is a very small room with limited seating capacity. The first group work group meeting was attended by over 100 spectators with many spilling into the hallway. Despite many complaints from the public, the Department of Revenue has refused to secure a larger venue for these meetings. The DOR, DOR received over $10 million in application fees from the medical marijuana community in July and August. So they certainly have the funds to rent a larger room. Since so many of our community are disabled, the lack of effort to accommodate patients by the Department of Revenue is especially appalling. And I, for one, would agree. Dude, I'm, this is another story that pisses me off, man. Yeah. What's going on? Well, we should have, I'm, we should getting, have made I'm a new heading. You're getting me all Thanks. riled up tonight, Jamie. Things that will piss you off. That's, Joe, well, you know. <laughs> that's a new, new segment. <laughs> that's a new, that's a Things new segment. that will definitely piss you off. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hopefully they can iron this out. I mean, come on, guys. What's going on? Ludicrous. Just let people that want, I mean, come on. It's part of the, like you were saying, they yep. should have the right to participate in this process. So, yeah, for sure. For make sure. it possible, people. Come on. Dang. Mm-hmm. Dang. Sure. What's going on in the state right south of there? You got a few clip, a couple clips. Something going on in New Mexico? Sure do, yeah. Uh, I guess we got a gubernatorial candidate who wants to get rid of the estate's uh, medical marijuana program. Doesn't sound like like a good idea to me. I don't know what you guys think. For governor says New Mexico's medical marijuana program should be done away with. Susana Martinez says she'd work to repeal the three-year-old law. Jeremy Ahola spoke with one of the first New Mexicans to enroll in the program. He's live downtown with her take on what Martinez wants to do. Jeremy, Ooh, I love the Tom, music. From post-traumatic stress <laughs> disorder to cancer to AIDS, all sorts of patients now in New Mexico are now legally smoking marijuana for medicinal purposes under state law. But Susana Martinez says patients should use other options because medicinal marijuana is still illegal under federal law. She's 65 years old and living alone with AIDS. This frail Albuquerque woman who wants to be called Mary says marijuana saved her life. Basically, it's kept me alive. If it were not for that, I would not be sitting here. In the last three years, I came close to death twice. You probably don't even have a medicine cabinet that can fit all of this. Mary says the 30 pills she takes every day are nauseating and that the marijuana on her coffee table helps her eat. It overrides the nausea and gives me the energy to get up and prepare the food and then eat it. 
In her wallet, a state medical cannabis card. She's among the first to get one. There are more than 2,000 patients participating in the state's medical cannabis program, a program so tightly regulated you don't see any marijuana shops anywhere. A handful of nonprofit groups in secret locations legally sell medical marijuana to licensed patients. But Mary legally grows her own and fears if Susana Martinez becomes governor, she'll have to break the law to stay alive. Martinez has publicly said in local newspapers, if governor, she would work to end the state's medical marijuana program. A campaign spokesperson says Martinez does not support distributing marijuana for any purposes since it is in violation of federal law and that there are other treatments for patients in need of care. Diane Danish sent us a statement in support of the program saying, no one diagnosed with a chronically painful or terminal illness should be denied a treatment option that has been proven to reduce pain and suffering. Right. As for Mary, she says she's living proof. It can't go away. It can't. It helps too many people. Now we've put the entire statements on medical marijuana from both candidates online. To see them for yourself, connect to KOB.com. Live downtown, Jeremy Cajola, eyewitness. All right. Yeah, if we got anybody in New Mexico, if we got anybody in New Mexico, shoot us an email or call email uh, infocannabisagenda.com or call 707-654-CAN. Tell us what you think about your two candidates there. That'd be great. Check mm-hmm. them out. Yeah, I'm going to mention out. I'm going to mention the name of the one who's pro uh, medical cannabis. Her name is Diane Denish. Diane Denish. I do not know what her party affiliation is. Uh, uh, dude, uh, two things here that come to mind for me. The, this one lady, Martinez, she must be in the pocket. It must be all up in the pockets of the pharmaceutical companies. That's just like, I mean, oh. just because. So one of her main arguments is is because there's there there are better treatments, other other types and better treatments than marijuana, and that's just. I mean, just from what you hear from the the lady in that clip, it's obvious that some people prefer marijuana. Why not just let them use it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like she's all up in their pockets, you know. But who knows? She did they they didn't even talk about what what party affiliation either one of these people you know, have. You know, it's funny. I'm looking at Martinez's homepage right now, and I think I've noticed this in the past: uh, a trend with politicians to not mention their party affiliation on their homepage. Like you have what's to up? dig to find it out. What's and what's oh, her name again? Uh, okay, so the, Martinez, uh, Susanna M- Martinez, is the GOP candidate, the Republican candidate. Okay, and then is the Denish is Denish uh, the Democrat? That would be my guess. I've not confirmed that yet. Okay, interesting. Uh, very interesting. Yeah, uh, if anyone out there, for, please let us know what's going on down in uh, in New Mexico. But I, I just can't yeah. believe that. You repeat, you want to go backwards from where you're at. It's it's really it's regulated. It's very tight down there already. Anyway, come it on. Is. Yeah, she is the Democratic candidate. We okay. reported Denish on a shortage is. before too. Remember that? They yeah. were having problems yeah. down in New Mexico. They yeah. can't get they can't get enough. <laughs> like, a, like most other places in the country, <laughs> and they they especially can't get enough when they're busting people for cultivation. Oh, another one? Another one. A Las Vegas man is facing charges tonight for growing and smoking marijuana. The man claims he is licensed as a medical marijuana caregiver, but police say he was only supposed to give it to patients. It must be Las Vegas, New Mexico. Is there such a place? Yes. 
not smoke it or grow it himself. Gotti Schwartz has that story from Santa Fe. He's from Santa Fe. Police say it was in this back alley that they first noticed 12 marijuana plants growing. They contacted the homeowner, John Emmerich, who showed him his medical marijuana caregiver card. But police seized the plants and some pipes, saying Emmerich was only licensed to have a small amount of marijuana to transport for his patient. He can caregive up to four patients, according to his medical card that he produced to us. He cannot grow. And he told me that he does ingest marijuana when we're at the scene that day that he smokes it. Emmerich's patient, Robert Jones, oh says gosh. all the plants at the house were his and calls the medical marijuana laws confusing and says they make it hard and expensive to keep enough of a supply. Can't even get the seeds. Then you have the bugs and then you have the mildew and then you have the disease and and, I, and then I'm most people that are eligible for the program don't don't have the energy or the ability or the knowledge or anything to grow it. In this case, I believe Mr. John uh, Emmerich did not follow the rules and was growing marijuana for himself. He was. Emmerich did admit to smoking marijuana for chronic pain from a metal rod in his leg and says he figured the caregiver card would offer him protection from the police. I thought my caregiver's card would, you know, would alleviate the legalities of me using and also helping Mr. Jones grow his. So now I'm getting my own patient card and um, personal protection license to be able to produce it myself. The health department says they have never had to suspend or remove anyone from the program for breaking medical marijuana rules. When asked about this case, a spokeswoman says they won't make any decision until it's resolved in criminal court. All right. Oh, wow. Big, big grow bust there. Yeah. Good job, guys. Mm -hmm. Good job. Keeping some patients from their medicine. Awesome. You didn't say in criminal court where it should never be in the first place. I can't believe that. That's pretty crazy, dude. <laughs> that's that sucks for that guy. I mean, it sucks. He was telling, giving them information. He shouldn't have been telling them anything. And they came over. Right. He didn't have to, probably didn't have to tell the cops anything. And uh, he's probably had to hand them his paper, and then they had to determine whether or not they wanted to arrest him or not. And they would have made that decision without him saying a word. And um, right. you know, but. Uh, but man, that's it's that's pretty harsh over there. So uh, that's not not what's going on out here. Not too far from here. But man, Amazing. I mean, well, people get busted in California still, but usually it's a different. It's not for a small little personal grow like whatever that guy had going on. It sounds like so. Right. Well, you know. speaking of getting busted, uh, one of our favorite people, uh, known as Canada's Prince of Pot, Mark Emery. Um, it wasn't a big surprise. This has been a years-long uh, endeavor with fighting prohibition and going through this uh, uh, plea agreement process. It's been a long, drawn-out thing. And most people know, if you do not know, uh, Mark Emery had uh, settled on a five-year sentence. This one, uh, you know, you know, it, it irritates me, uh, the little things we've been talking about. But I, I'm involved in political processes on a relatively regular basis and I see the little ups and downs and I realize you just have to have this tenacious attitude to go through and get things accomplished and make sure you push through all the stuff like the room's too small or well you know all the little things but this this truly gets under my skin while while his primary prosecutor was touting in the media how bogus the marijuana law situation is and how they should be changed and it should be regulated and the system currently is broken. Uh, Mark was handed down his, his sentence officially, his five-year sentence. And uh, this, uh, 
this little piece of the story really caught me off guard, man. See what you think about this. In a statement to U.S. District Judge Ricardo Martinez, and in a letter to the court, Emery admitted his attempt to force a change in U.S. and Canadian drug laws through civil disobedience and flouting the laws was overzealous and reckless. He wrote, I quote, I acted arrogantly in violation of U.S. federal law. I regret not choosing other methods, legal ones, to achieve my goals of peaceful political reform. He went on to say, in my, in my zeal, I had believed that my actions were wholesome, but my behavior was, in fact, illegal and set a bad example for others. Bummer. Mm-hmm. So this so, was part of his plea agreement, huh? So I think, yeah, I think he's, you know, under the thumb. He's really kind of, they've got him in SeaTac. He's locked up in a federal penitentiary. So I think maybe it's in his best interest to say, yeah, guys, you're totally right. Let's Well, if it was on. part of his plea Oh, my God. I never even considered that, dude. When you have people in a federal jail, if they're not, someone could easily nudge some of the guards and shit to give them a hard time if they're still being politically active while in there, which he kind of has been. I don't know. Man, well, I yeah, he not- will, and he will be. He will be. That's why, that's why he's one of the guys we love so much, because he, he will be. He's just saying he regrets not choosing other methods to continue doing the same stuff he was doing, just just in a legal way. You know, he's oh, not in a more legit way because he knew selling seeds into the United States was illegal. In, in other, it was words. pretty assertive. It was pretty aggressively assertive because he knew that the the and he coupled it with we're going to overgrow the government. The, the The American government is draconian and and brutal and un it's it's, it's wrong minded. And he's right on all accounts. So then he challenged him by doing that. In a sense, he did. He knowingly did that. You know, not like he, that wasn't his drive just to challenge them, but he was very much aware of it. And he appreciated, you know, I think on a personal level, he appreciated that he was doing that he was doing that. And it's not that's not an overstatement. He's uh, he was sentenced for selling millions of seeds. He truly proliferated uh, very high, qual- top quality cannabis genetics all over the place anywhere. And I don't know, you know, they can say a lot of positive things about Mark Emery and his, and his wife uh and his cannabis culture enterprise and all that. But but me personally, that makes him a personal hero to me, just for him doing that. That's fantastic. Yeah, we're all big think... fans of Mark Emery on the show here. Yeah. Uh, how and much more cannabis culture and all the work he's, he did with seeds throughout the years, too. Everything, the whole thing. Big fan. And what, is, and what does it come down to? Uh, what does it truly come down to? Uh, genetics. It all comes down to genetics, and he, he's the guy, man. He sent them everywhere, everywhere. I personally know of tons of strains that that came through. I mean, it's just amazing to this local like kind of area. I mean, and and it's been that way all over the country. It's just, I think it's amazing. I think he should be given a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> Gene King. Be? Biology or science or something. <laughs> Shit, it could yeah, be yeah. on a lot of levels. He's the Gene King. He was the 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 seed broker anyway, dude, the guy, guess, uh, the guy that t- took the risk. But he was definitely breaking the law. I mean, he knew that, you know, and that's what he's saying, I guess, right? Right. You know? His defiance, he was doing that. But uh, but man, what know, he think- did, what he did, made him enough money, and he oh, he spent he spent so much of that money on almost the cause. all of it. Yeah, most of y- it. Yeah, 
I mean, it's yeah. not like he hasn't spent it. I mean, he spent it to where he continues to live a, a good lifestyle and everything so that it makes enough money for him to, to be comfortable and live well. But I mean, man, he could, he could have been filthy rich, you know, yeah. and, and he spent so much of it giving back to the cause. And that's, that's what's right. He's like a true pot philanthropist, which is, yeah, it is. It's awesome. Yes. It awesome. Super. For awesome. sure. Well, yeah. I hope he's not getting I hope he's not getting ass pounded by guards and in, in the no. in jail, dude. I really do hope he's being treated with respect in jail by by Yeah, the well, you know he blogs. He's allowed to do emails and stuff and he like sends uh, pretty uh lengthy emails and keeps in contact uh I think several times a week. And so, you know, we're getting the the 411 from him. He's uh, giving us the, you know, the what's up and uh, they post a lot of that stuff on cannabis culture uh, website. I think it's cannabisculture.com if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. And you can go there and check some more information about that and keep up on this story a little bit more in a more detailed fashion. But yeah, uh, we, we knew he was going to get five years, but man, it really kind of sucks, I guess at this point. So that would become good news in that since we knew it was coming, at least now it started and he can get done with it and put it behind him. We can move on. uh, Yep. Well, hopefully, hopefully it moves is moving quickly for him, and he's finding ways to keep himself busy and and to grow as a person in there. So, right. Self becoming better, doing doing those things you you know the things Jamie was recommending at the beginning of the show. Sure, <laughs> bettering um, yourself for, for our interest if you're not doing it currently. <laughs> free free <laughs> grow tip, dude. I got a grow tip that might make you a better person. All right, hey, oh, good, uh, like just you. just for our uh, listeners, free Mark, F R E E M A R C, Mark with a C dot C A, oh. is free Mark Emery's, uh, the free Mark Emery site. Check it Excellent. out. Excellent. Thank you very much. Check it out. Yeah, I got a grow tip. Hopefully, it'll make you a better grower and a better person. Um, <laughs> everybody, everybody knows that um, you don't want your neighbors to smell your pot, right? All growers right. are usually pretty, pretty. Uh, paranoid about it unless they live in a high grow area potentially even then right. you should be careful about it but um but so they've you've learned during your grows to use things like carbon filters and make sure that there's no leaks and there's no it, it, that there is negative pressure so that all the air is being exhausted out of your grow room so that it's filtered you, you should keep your cover around your filter clean you can take it off of the filter and clean it you can hose it down if you want to it makes it more efficient it helps it um, as far as the smell goes but here's one thing a lot of people don't think about they don't think about when they start trimming their weed and they don't either trim in the right place of their house or they don't think about it at all your neighbors can smell your weed when you're trimming your weed too please be careful when you're trimming weed and not to let your neighbors know you're trimming and another thing is don't when you have your trim parties or you got your trimmers over there, don't have all their cars out front. People coming and going. Every <laughs> all those, all those people are leaving your house just reeking of weed, and it's still not. No matter where you're at, it's not fully legal. Your if if your landlord catches wind of it, it may not be such a good thing for you. So that's uh. It's it's important to to consider these things uh, when you're working um, when you're working with um, medical marijuana. So that's my tip of the week. Be careful when you're trimming um, because you can stink up the neighborhood then too. So figure out how to filter that or keep it in a filtered space and uh, keep the cars to a minimum and the tr- stinky traffic going in and out of the house to a minimum as well. Nice. Thanks, Pat.
Absolutely. Yeah, that was a good one. That's a good one. Definitely, you would be drawing major attention. I can see it looks like you're having a party, and everybody's going, that's not a normal party. What's going on over there? Yeah, yeah, shit happens sometimes, man. <laughs> doesn't always work out for people. So um, keep that in mind, people. It can bust you. You can get comfortable. People get comfortable. And they stop worrying about it, you know, and just don't get too comfortable. It's still illegal. Right. You don't, you're right. You still have to fight for your rights to, to, to grow pot. So, uh -huh. um, you know, be smart about it. Right. Kind of like that dude, matter, that guy that was walking into the woods and some, we did a story a long time ago and it was like in Vermont right. or something. The cop Dude was, was like watching him. And, yeah, right. the cop was yeah. watching him. And, and I was like, bummer for that guy. Let's help that guy. And you're like, what an idiot. And yeah, it's it, like, oh, yeah. He was carrying a watering can. <laughs> yeah. Like Tiger crossing, the, crossing the highway, carrying a watering can into the woods. Yeah. <laughs> totally. No, officer, I thought this would be a great place for some carrots. Well, I mean, I remember when I was a teenager, I used to, when I was driving down the highway, I'd see spots. I'm like, man, I should just stop here and see if I can grow some pot. <laughs> really? You thought that? That's awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like, I mean, I kind of thought, and that's probably what that dude did. He found his spot on the side of the highway, and then he was like, oh, yeah, I got to take water with me. And then he started taking his watering can. He's probably been doing it for 10 years, and then finally a cop happened to go by and see him with the can, and bam. But still, got to be smart. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yep. That's priority number one. Use your head. Think a little bit. It may save your butt, right? I, I still feel sorry for the guy. I do. do I still do. And I still think it's wrong that that crap went down the way yeah, it did. Totally. But yep. It's, it's, it's well, effed up. It's it is. Up. <laughs> Thank you. It is completely effed. And I effing, I'm effing sick and sick of hearing about stuff like that. But you know, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep going and keep on track of what's happening. Um, you know, we're 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 always very grateful to our listeners. We really appreciate you. We appreciate your input and your uh, your interaction that you have with us. We appreciate you listening and checking on our show, of course. But me uh, and I know you guys feel this way at least to some degree as well. But but me in particular, I've worked in a lot of international uh, student capacity in in, in the university and different uh, uh, academic uh, atmospheres or environments. And so so our international listeners, just man. I'm in love with the whole notion that we have, you know, people from all over the country listening. So we're going to start including some international news here, I think, from here on out is when we can. And uh, to start it off, we have a couple of stories. We got one from Mexico. And we got one from, uh, from is it Britain or England? Uh, British Columbia, but we actually checked it off the list. Oh, no, 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 no. no. There's also one. There's also one from Britain. I classified it actually in the research bin because he's a researcher. Oh. But, but see, that was a little secret surprise. Oh, you didn't know that was <laughs> international <laughs> flavor to it, for sure. So we'll start out with this one with, with, with Mexico. I believe we might have a clip as well. Just uh, Mexico military uh, has been drawing back their eradication efforts. They're having a hell of a time there, man. They're, uh, they're stretched really thin. This is going really bad. And they've, uh, they've lost like 28,000 people with their, their drug war um, since just since late 2006. So it's only like four years. Um, and I believe we have a clip for this one. Yeah, we do. Deep in the western Sierra Madre Mountains of Mexico, 
The army says it is in a war against marijuana growers. Fields of marijuana dot the hillsides and production keeps climbing higher. The nation's soldiers are busy elsewhere and have less time to hack away at illegal marijuana plantations. As I accompany an army unit into the mountains, a general points out of a helicopter at marijuana fields. They are small and dark green, tucked along steep hillsides and next to stream beds. A smoky fire indicates where we are to land and watch soldiers pull up marijuana plants, which can grow 10 feet high in these parts. Some of the plants are small, but others are tall and bushy, full of buds and nearly ready to harvest. Soldiers struggle to uproot the marijuana. They tug at the plants, kick them, and sometimes hack at them with machetes. Their marijuana is thrown into a big pile, ready to be burned. Many of the remote fields have primitive irrigation systems. Soldiers pull up the tubing that draws water from a nearby stream. They cut the tubing to pieces to prevent it from being reused. The marijuana is green, so it only burns when soldiers toss on gasoline. Even then, it burns reluctantly, smoldering and filling the sky with smoke. It is hard manual labor, and after a few hours, only a small field is destroyed. The field's peasant owner is nowhere to be seen. He fled long ago. It is hard to tell how much heart the Mexican army is putting into eradication, or whether it is a show for a visiting American journalist. After all, most of Mexico's marijuana is smuggled into the United States. Unlike Colombia and South America, Mexico does not destroy drug crops aggressively with aerial spraying of herbicides. It hasn't even bothered to put protective armor on its fumigation planes to shield them from traffickers shooting from the ground. The army feels confident using vulnerable helicopters. So far, none have been shot down. When we return to an army outpost, a captain holds up a plastic bottle of herbicide, but it seems the weed killer is not getting much use. This is Tim Johnson from McClatchy Newspapers. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Was he like talking to people that just learned to speak English or something? It seemed like, like a documentary from like the late 70s or something. <laughs> it did sound like that, didn't it? It was interesting. He said they were doing some activity and then you could just hear the activity going on. And I thought, well, I suppose that might be them doing what he just was talking about. <laughs> yeah, it might have been better on video, but it wasn't really i was watching it but it was good it was still good it was still uh, a little insight into what's going on out there they are absolutely tripping in in mexico over this prop 19 thing for uh, i mean everybody the pro guys and the negative guys they're they're like man this is because you have to think there's, there's a huge industry uh the the drug trafficking industry in general but specifically even cannabis um, the cannabis cultivation in Mexico soared about 35% last year, and it's now higher than any time in uh, nearly two decades, is what their State Department says. Um, uh, so that's, uh, 
This is an interesting thing. What happens when the mother of all markets opens up with with the passage of Prop 19? So, you know, they're they're discussing legalization very strongly right now. Hmm. And uh, we'll see what happens. And, I mean, Calderon was was initially, you know, I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to talk about it. It's not going to happen. But uh, his that, his, uh, his predecessor California is doing it. Yeah, well, the, this is something that's been revisited. This is not a new uh, concept for Mexico to deal mm-hmm. with. Back, back when, uh, and I know, I, I don't recall who it was. I think it was David Borden and uh, the uh, StopTheDrugWar.org was one of them involved. There were several very prominent organizations that were involved, and they went down and they staged a conference and a sort of a symposium of sort. They, they, they educated these guys and they discussed options, rational options to uh, a, gr- a drug war aggression. And uh, they, the, some very uh, significant number from what I, what I can recall uh, uh, of, of high-ranking Mexican officials attended this event enthusiastically going, look and tell it. We want to listen now. We're, li- we're ready to listen to what you have to say. We're li- we want option, an option that will work because this absolutely is not – and uh, it's it was greatly disrupting their peace. Of course, it's op, you know extremely much much worse now. But uh, they they told them the different things and about the drug about policy reform and uh, different efforts and different approaches to how things can work. And they took that stuff back to their then president, this Vicente Fox, and he was, uh, from what I understand, I believe he was somewhat open. At least he would listen to them, whether he was opposed or not. He's from the same party. Uh, kind of conservative party that Calderon, the current president, is from. And uh, he said he entertained the idea. He tried, I think he trusted his guys. I mean, there was a lot. There was more than one. There were several of them that were going, listen, this is what we think we, we need to do. And uh, he, he approached the issue. And I think he was considering actually making some moves in the, in the United States government, did that thing where they kind of rattled their saber. And, and they said, you know, we, th- we think we're going to go to a legalization uh, platform. We think that would work better. For a country, and and America said, no, you're not going to do that. And they said, no, we think we're going to we're going to we're, we're discussing you know, integrating the you know implementing this. And they said, no, you're not you're not going to do that. They said, well, we'll I think we'll, we'll decide what we're going to do. And they said, you know, no, you no, won't. <laughs> yeah, certainly, of course, you can, but you're not going to decide to do that. And they said, you know, well, we are a sovereign nation. And they said, and that's when the rattle thing goes on. And then they kind of stifled it and it went away. And that was years ago. That was, you know what, the, 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 the worst aspect of the story is that was prior to this explosion of violence that's taken over 28,000 lives. So this is all entirely even if, if possible, more so than, than usual, uh, unnecessary uh, carnage and death and loss that they're suffering. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting to follow Mexico, and we'll continue to do that because, man, Prop 19 is going to have some effect on them. They're going to have the hugest market ever for it, or it'll, be, uh, it'll have the negative effect, I believe, if they change to a more legal, uh, legalization-minded uh, law in, in Mexico, then I think that that it could have a devastating effect to the to the drug, uh, the illicit drug trafficking. Because people have the buds here, and they'll be like, "We don't need your your Mexican weed." Yep. You know? but we'll send you some genetics, and you can enjoy some down there. <laughs> you know, Let's trade you for so, some yeah. Panama red, some Oaxaca. Maybe yeah, they won't you know? squish it into blocks to try to smuggle in the United States. Please don't. That is the Please worst don't. thing and, in the world to do to cannabis. And it's, yeah, it's, it's seeded, it is. Too. They just grow it. Literally it literally is the worst thing to do. 
Yeah. And particulate matter and all the crap that's in it. Yeah. yeah. They're not going to, people, if they have a legal choice, they're certainly not going to opt for that. <laughs> for that. <laughs> you know, I don't want this big juicy cheeseburger. I'm going to go get the, the cheap third rate meat that has hair, rat hair and all that crap in it. They're not going to do that. <laughs> they're not going to do that on purpose. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. We'll uh, keep an eye on it. And the second yeah, one for, that I have. What's that? Thanks for that. Thanks for that, Jamie. That was a good. Uh, that was a good well, thank uh, history. You. Yeah, that was that was good. That was good. Very good. Very good. Very good. Good. Ding. Well, listen to this. Sure. This is the one I snuck into the research bin because he was a researcher. Remember, I asked you before the show started. I said, "Hey, can I put something in the research bin if it's just a researcher?" You yeah. said, "Sure, heck yeah, you can." So hey, it's organic. Yes, it is organic. And check this out. I snuck it in on you. This is an international story as well. And one that I'm sure you're going to find interesting, reported on by Phil Smith. Uh, Philip Smith is uh, one of the several uh, very bright and motivated individuals over at StopTheDrugWar.org. Um, uh, if you haven't been there, I don't know what you're thinking. But maybe if you're just new to the show, perhaps, that's fair enough. Go check them out anyway. It's StopTheDrugWar.org. And they do this drug war chronicle. You can get it delivered for free to your email. I've been getting it for years. I love it. It's awesome. It's got a lot of uh, interesting aspects to it. But this one is from their uh, issue 649. And it's very interesting because it has to do with uh, another uh, credible uh, scientist um, saying legalized cannabis, but in this case, it's somewhat significant. Legalized ca- marijuana, says Britain's leading cannabis researcher. More than 30 years ago, British neuropharmacologist Roger Pertwee co-discovered THC, the primary psychoactive ingredient in marijuana. Now, Britain's, um, and well-deserved, Leading expert on cannabis says it should be legalized with regulations similar to alcohol and tobacco. Such a move is necessary to take marijuana out of the hands of criminals and justifiable because marijuana is not any more dangerous than alcohol or tobacco, he said. So uh, that's pretty interesting. This is one of the guys, he, he co-discovered THC. Can you imagine having that on your resume? <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. And it's, it's cool. I mean, what he's, what he's saying makes sense, man. He's making it sense. It does. Oh, here, here, here goes someone else making sense. Come on. Jeez. Ding. Oh, we need a ding for that guy. He's, he's officially <laughs> in there without any. You betcha. Hey, I wonder he if said, he's ever, do you think he, I wonder if he smoked it to determine. No. Hmm. I, I don't have that. very much doubt that he did. I don't know. That's conjecture. That's just, um, I'm, I don't know if that's true or not, but I, a, I would. He's I got a, a neuropharmacologist, dude. Probably yeah, at, r- he's a scientist really at Aberdeen smart. University. Uh, right. Yep. Look, and, he said this. Yeah. He said, uh, "In my view, we don't have an ideal solution yet to deal with recreational cannabis." He goes on to say, "We should consider licensing and marketing cannabis and cannabis products just as we do alcohol and tobacco. At the moment, cannabis is in the hands of criminals, and that's crazy. We're allowed to take alcohol." We're allowed to smoke cigarettes. Cannabis, if it's handled properly, is probably not going to be any more dangerous than that. Right. So, and then in a, and he's proposing just, just treating, I mean, you know, just, just making it, like making regular rules to it. No one under 21, you can't drive with it, blah, blah, you know, all the, you know, similar, uh-huh. 
like what we talked about before. He's saying, I'm sure, and, 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 you know, here, here's, here's this thing again, just treat it, just treat it like alcohol. It's right. not just treating it like alcohol. Because no, 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 no. You can't. It's, it's different. It's different than alcohol, but there's some regulations that will be similar. It, 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 it you know, at the heart of the regulation regulation, it'll be similar, but not, right. you know, don't, don't just, just treat it like alcohol. No, no, no. I think the alcohol thing, it's just, it's just a very good, uh, example to weigh it up against because it does enjoy not only legality but a huge culture that perpetuates its use that in in a very inviting way i mean i've never seen hotter girls in my life and i've seen thousands maybe millions than i've seen on beer commercials (laughs) you know i mean sure the, the the man's man comes rolling in looking all cool. It's a beer commercial. The sports guy is a beer commercial. They do, do comedy all the time, keep people laughing because we're great and you love us and we're part of your life and culture. Yeah, we're beer. Get some more cold, bubbly <laughs> beer. Ah, head to the mountains. It just don't get no better than this. <laughs> God, I could probably go on a huge tirade about a list of different phrases that have been used in beer commercials and I don't even drink. <laughs> Right, right. I can't remember yeah. any of those, probably because I drink too much. Yeah, man. It's uh, old Milwaukee. You just don't get no better than this. <laughs> but hey. they're always doing some really seriously cool thing. Like, they're up in some crazy, beautiful mountain pass and like with this huge running stream, and they're trout fishing and all this crazy stuff with a great campfire, and they got all their buds hanging out. <laughs> they're like, it just don't get no better than this. Oh, uh, you know what's funny is... Uh, um we got a clip for the end of the show. It's Robin Williams uh, doing a classic bit on alcohol and marijuana. And he talks oh. about, yeah, it's really funny. He talks about like uh, how the alcohol commercials should portray more what alcohol is really like instead of, uh-huh. <laughs> instead of exactly what you're, it's exactly what you're talking about. Nice. That's on a rollout, huh? Yeah, yeah, totally. We'll, we'll play cool. that at the end of the show. Yeah. I think we're approaching that point. Um, that's where we're uh, at, dude. Yeah. That's where we're at. It's crazy. We're that's, that's, that's that that that's uh that's where we're where we, <laughs> we made it again, dude. We're we're here. The pot, here. my friend, could you please do some uh enormous favor? Could yeah. you roll us a little outro uh contact update? Oh, definitely, because I've gotten so fast at it. Website <laughs> cannabisagenda.com. Uh email us any thoughts, opinions, anything. Email us, love, hate, whatever. Uh, info at canvasagenda.com phone number call us up leave a message we'll play it on the air I'd also love to to do an interview with you at, at some point if you ever wanted to talk with us on the show call us 707-654-CAN C-A-N-N blow up our Twitter and Facebook accounts hit us up on iTunes you can subscribe it'll be automatically downloaded when it's ready um, and then don't forget to rate us please on iTunes as well so nice. Nice. Well done, yeah, good job. Yep. That's it. And with that, I think we do bid you adieu for this moment until our next show. Hot peeps. Aha. Peace, Pato. Take care. You've been listening to the Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com.
Damn. A little sip of Perrier here. I had to stop drinking alcohol because I used to wake up nude and hood in my car with my keys in my ass. Oh, good thing. Hi, can I help you? No, thanks. It's just flooded. I'll be okay. Beautiful, baby. Beautiful, yeah. Because you're sucked into drinking beer by believing it's a healthy thing. All these beer commercials usually show big men, manly men doing manly things. You've just killed a small animal. It's time for a light beer. <laughs> Why not have a realistic beer commercial? What's the realistic thing about beer where you go, it's five o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. <laughs> it's a scary thing because you realize the first purpose of alcohol is to make English your second goddamn language. Eventually, you may be quite fluent. You may be a Nobel Prize physicist. After my, maybe nine, ten Heinekens, you're going... You're speaking fluent drunkenese. Bravo. Next thing you know, you get a couple more beers, you've got a friend in a headlock going, I love you, little fucker, I love you. That's the kind of love I have for you, baby. God damn it. Ah, on you work your way beyond beer. You go beyond beer, you start into wine. For the very elegant people, people, a lot of people who are very elegant are in Montauk going, damn it, I wish I could have been there, but no, I'm not. Some people who have, you know, I don't know whether they have the red wine with the fish or the chicken. What's the matter, asshole? They're dead. The chicken's not going to reach up from the plate and go, the red wine. It's <sighs> over with. No, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not talking about Pui Fusse or Pussy Fussy. Uh-uh. I'm talking about Mad Dog 2020. Mm. You know, the very elegant wine, the type of wine with a lovely screw top, a bottle of which after you can actually see vapor trails as people pass you. <laughs> How you doing? Well, <laughs> you've gone too far, and you must pay your dues. This is why I had to give up alcohol, because you have to pay the next day. Pay, dear Lord, please don't hurt me now. There you are lying in bed, and you feel like the scene from the movie The Fly going, Help me! The entire room is spinning like a roulette wheel. Place your bets. Place your bets. <laughs> and there's the old toilet in the corner going, talk to me. <laughs> and you try and walk slowly, but you feel like the elephant man in a car wash. <laughs> there's things in front of you like the stuff that scares the water off cars. You can't do it. Even your dog's looking at you like, you wouldn't believe the shit you said to me last night. <laughs> I had to back out of the room. I was that scared. You promised me an evening with Lassie, you lying bastard. <laughs> yes, you've got an alcoholic problem. You do, and the worst part is there are times when you drink so much you don't remember what you've done the night before. And you get those little phone calls where people let you know. <laughs> what? Yeah? <laughs> really? I took a dump in your tuba. <laughs> oh my God, he said fit in with the band. I'm sorry. Oh God, it's over. Oh, don't you see? It's all over. God damn it. And then the next thing you know, there you are at Betty Ford Hospital going, I'm fine now. <laughs> I'm a reformed alcoholic. <laughs> I feel so much better about myself. <laughs> I'm fine. No, you have that double vodka. I'll be over in the corner kicking the cat. <laughs> I realized when I became a reformed alcoholic, I said, hey... I'm the same asshole, I just have pure dents in my car. <laughs> and then there are your friends who smoke marijuana going, Yeah, man, alcohol's a crutch. 
Really? Really, Captain Herbalife? Really? God! You just macrameed your ass into the couch and you're giving me shit? Remember when you get so stoned you can actually see a fly in space going... When you get stoned, your discussion goes out the window. You could be eating kitty litter going, mm, this is crunchy, man. <laughs> and the horrible thing is people who get stoned try and get their animals stoned to make them feel better. <laughs> it's not bad enough that you proved that Darwin was wrong. You're going to take the whole family with you. There's your dog going, please don't do this to me. I've just learned to lick my own genitals. Leave me alone. Don't do this to me. And your dog, you go and go, hey, Farfel. Dog goes, whoa, my tail, my tail. Don't do it. Don't push him back down the food chain. Don't do that. And don't mess with your cat because he's looking at you like, give it your best shot, man. I've been doing catnip since the day I was goddamn born. Come on, you blow it in his face. He says, all of a sudden, he's Ram Kitty. He looks at you like the first thing I'm gonna do, man, is climb you like a goddamn curtain. <laughs> then a double dismount. <laughs> then 15 times around the house real quick. <laughs> Scare the shit out of the kid. <laughs> then outside by the window making this noise. <laughs> like a baby in a blender. <laughs> and you're inside stone going, oh God, help me now. And the next thing is you start to get hungry. You think you can leave the house, you liar. You think, I'm going to be fine, man. I've got, I've got to leave the house. I'm going to be okay. If you could just find your goddamn feet, yeah, you'll be okay. <laughs> then you think you can drive. You think, yeah, I'll be okay. I'll drive. I'll drive. I'll be okay. And you have one of those new Japanese cars where you open the door and it goes, your door is open. <laughs> and if you're stoned, you're going, I knew that. So you get in the car, you think, yes, I'm now, I've got it. I'm, uh, the keys, okay, fine, the keys, fine. Okay, reverse, fine, okay. Then you're going down the freeway, you think you're traveling at light speed. You think Scotty's sitting next to you going, Jim, you can't push it any faster. It's just a Chevrolet, Jim. Don't drag it over the edge. Your hair's blowing in the wind, and the window isn't even open. You're that stone. You turn on the radio. You understand everything. Yeah. Suddenly on the radio, man stoned on freeway. How do they know? How do they know? God damn it. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. Suddenly in the rearview mirror, red, white, and blue. Red, white, and blue. How patriotic. Yeah. Shit, the police. Eat everything in the ashtray. Eat everything in the ashtray. Oh, God. I'll pull it over. Pull it over. All of a sudden, you start rehearsing. What seems to be the problem, officer? What seems to be the problem, officer? What seems to be the problem? I'm fine. I'm fine. What seems to be the problem? Nice day, officer. What seems to be the problem? Usually, you're stopped by a motorcycle cop. He gets off his bike like... God, am I incredibly well endowed. I'll get your door. There you go. From inside your car comes this Colombian sauna like... Suddenly, he's going, I'm hungry. I don't know why. You're looking at him. You've rehearsed your line. What seems to be the problem? What seems to be the problem? You look at him and go... And as you look at him, his face turns into a cheeseburger. You lunge! Next thing you know, you end up in a cell. Going, Please don't hurt me. But the truth is, you wake up and you're still on the couch at home. You've never left. 